But... I would like some lower difficulty <laughs> adversaries, I will say. And I still want my low complexities, Eric. <laughs> I want someone who changes the game but doesn't make it worse. Just give me one and eight, thank you. Welcome to the Kindred Spirit Podcast, a show all about the board game Spirit Island. Here we'll talk about analytics and strategies within the game, as well as a plethora of other topics that can be found within it. Today we wanted to officially close the door on this adversary series by taking a fun look back on all the various numbers, truths, and stats we've learned along the way. This feels like deja vu because I've done this. (laughs) 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 Too soon! The last episode! (laughs) Alright, let's get back to it. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Oh, uh, Laura's here? Hey, the gang's all here. Yeah, uh, he dragged me back in. <laughs> How was we supposed to close out season one? It's season one finale. Laura had to uh, be here. Of course. No way she's going to miss that. Come on. Mm-mm. Yeah, the first thing I thought of was like, well, John, here we are again. Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> We've been here before. Uh. <laughs> Alrighty, so now that the Adversary series is finally actually coming to a close, we all took the time to look and examine each of these adversaries. Series. Seven months later. And quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> but we had taken the time to look at all of these statistics and all these numbers and like a deep dive on all the capabilities of these adversaries specifically. And so each of these episodes that we've done are about all the adversaries specifically, all about France's. If you want to know all about France, go to the France section. If you want to have information on Sweden, you can go to the Sweden episodes and see what the community thoughts were, yep. the good strategies and finding them, the lore, all that. But I thought it'd be pretty cool to look at some of like the big third person out of the box view. 50,000 feet up. Yeah, like a big picture view at all of the adversaries in general because there's a lot of information that can be helpful even if you think, oh, that's not like critical information, but I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's surprising how subtle things like that can actually improve your gameplay. As a numbers guy, this geeks me out so much. I just lose my mind. This is so fun for me. Right. And it's just fun. It is. (laughs) Simply put. It's important knowledge to have that we're about to break down. And at its absolute worst, it's like one of those things where it's like, and there's your random fact for the day. Sure. You know that one saying, like, a day is only truly wasted if you went through it without learning a single new thing? Oh, I've never heard that. Worded in that way. Worded yeah. in that way. I've like, today I learned or something. Or yep. I, I feel like I've Usually, wasted many days. <laughs> <laughs> it's worded in the positive, which is, so long as you've learned one new thing, yes. today wasn't a waste. That's how I've heard Like, it. that's usually how it's worded. But same deal. So, a lot of you are about to have your days made. <laughs> <laughs> for the whole week. We have lots of stats. <laughs> That's right. So when looking at all of these adversaries combined, all seven of them, what are just some fun facts? Yes. Fun facts right off the top. Well, as we said before, who has the most fear cards? Well, that title goes to Scotland Ooh, at 16. Scots, the Scots. And we said that before, but I love the fact that it's them who's like the bravest, like the most crazy, because I feel as if they would be the most resolute in their psyche, mm-hmm. you know? And it totally makes sense that it's the Scots. Oddly enough, I feel England is longer just because of that extra fear yeah. for some reason. I know Scots is the most, but for some reason, England may because we just Yeah, but it. England doesn't tweak the deck at all. Scotland it does. does. That's true. So England can just drag. <laughs> but we'll get into that. Scotland has the most amount of fear cards. Who has the least? Oh, Lord, you know this one. Don't look. The least amount of fear cards? Russia. 
France. Put a P in front of that. Habsburg. <laughs> Prussia. Yay! Get <laughs> out the ones that she was wrong. Brandenburg, Prussia <laughs> comes in at the least amount of fear card. Yay! With 12. Only yep. 12. But you only have 8 turns. Oh! Because <laughs> when you see 12, you're like, oh, that's easy. Yeah. That's basically so a that's actually game. an interesting point, which is actually truly shorter. Ooh. Maybe someone that has like a 12 turn game, but maybe like 14 fear cards. Mm-hmm. Or is it actually Brandenburg, Prussia with 12 fear cards, but only Eight turns. I could see that argument where yeah. it's more difficult to go through all twelve. Right? How does that ratio fit in to so Scotland? Sixteen. Yeah, just like a fun thing. Yeah. So Scotland has the most at sixteen. Brandenburg Prussia has the least at twelve. How about the hardest adversary? Mm. Who's the hardest? Who's the easiest? Who has the lowest difficulty? Well, the lowest difficulty, and remember, all of our adversary examination content is looking at these adversaries when at their maximum difficulty. Definitely. Is Sweden at difficulty eight. Which is so funny, Ryan, because I think they were one of our hardest games <laughs> during the series. Game. We had a tooth and nail and ridiculous. claw and scrape all I those know. adjectives. Habsburg? Cakewalk, France, Healthy Island. (laughs) (laughs) It was hilarious. Rambert Prussia, tier level two victory. (laughs) (laughs) And then Sweden was just like, difficulty eight, but Now, of course, a lot of that comes from the fact that, hey, look who you were playing as. You weren't playing as counterpicks against Sweden, whereas the other peeps you were. And yes, there's, you know, random things. card draws. Yeah, that can Plinko affect your gameplay experience to be harder or easier or whatever. But still, it's still comedic how... Sweden, Funny. the only adversary that has a single-digit difficulty, yeah. was the one that was for us the hardest. In our household, I can definitely say Sweden, the least played adversary. Laura, you hate it. Really? I didn't know which was Sweden. I didn't remember they were a thing. We're reviewing them in the car. I'm like, Sweden's a person to play? So, nothing's changed. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't think it was because I was like, this sucked. So nothing much yeah. fight, so much damage. Well, even your subconscious can sometimes tell which one you hate the most because of how much burnout you have when you're done. Like, mm. Russia was the one that Laura was just completely burnt Ooh. out with. But Habsburg... We played them again yet. <laughs> nope. Will we? Nope. You Don't say that word, Brian. <laughs> we done? That's over? And yet, Habsburg, you were having the time of your you life. You was like, this is so much fun. So, she was playing the counterpick to Habsburg? Yep, she was playing Stone. She was playing Stone, so that might Oh, yeah, helped. Stone's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so if Sweden is technically the easiest, who is the hardest? Mm. Well, Russia came in at difficulty 11 wow. in this new Jagged Earth expansion. And we were like, what? Yeah. did I see two ones? <laughs> one, one, 11? Everyone in this room felt that 11 in yeah. our game and me and Laura's game. They do not pull their not punches, great. bro. <laughs> and so that was definitely something that when I first attempted their highest difficulty, I'm like, yeah, 11 seems... <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty apt. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and so that was like one of the things that was like such a shock with like, all right, kid, you're growing up. You know, Jagger yeah. is bringing it because 10 was always the highest. Mm-hmm. 10 was the measure of, oh, that was the big league too. But then now we have an 11. Oh, man, does and this that mean was... that like future stuff will be like 12 or 13? Like, what? I, I, didn't, I didn't know Whoa. that 10 was surmountable. That was my point. Save it for Wait. the speculation episode. <laughs> is Eric going to bring in higher difficulty adversaries? We'll see, I guess, but... I would like some lower difficulty. <laughs> I will say. And I 
still want my low complexities, Eric. I want someone who changes the game but doesn't make it worse. Just give me one and eight, thank you. Low complexity. Sometimes I want to chill has night. Always been accessible. <laughs> I just want to chill night, E. Royce. Oh yeah, you guys know that the difficulty one. is tweakable, right? <laughs> I don't know. I just show up. They say we're playing this. I say okay. Take some ownership in your life. <laughs> I know she's so dour right now. She's making us look bad. Anyway. Anyway. But. There was something very interesting that I missed, Ooh. in truth. Okay. As a result of looking at all of these adversaries with such a close microscopic view to do analysis and strategy commentary and whatnot, it is quite common that we use the wiki as one of our resources all the time. And on the wiki, it shows all the details that you would ever want for all of these various adversaries and scenarios. Mm-hmm. And all the misspellings. All the yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Son? <laughs> <laughs> but I noticed something when we were doing the last adversary with England. I noticed that there was a little asterisk at the bottom of their page there, right next to their final difficulty at difficulty 10. I was like, hey, wait, what? So I looked at the asterisk at the bottom of the page and it said, England level six is formally recognized to be difficulty 11. Oh? Really? Yeah. Not only Russia was. Is that why there's an asterisk? Mm. So Ooh. there was a convenient little link to click, and I was like, what? I never knew this. So I went and checked it out, and lo and behold, I found some commentary from a certain Ted Vesinus and a certain Eric Royce on the matter. Oh, I've heard these names before. Yeah. Ted says, I consider England 6 to be difficulty 11 and on par with Russia 6. I didn't know that. <laughs> But I totally feel it. I didn't know that either. Laura didn't know that. Definitely didn't know that. So Eric came in and also commented saying, it's quote unquote official, as in most folks who play at those difficulty levels, including the lead developer, consider that, that being England level six being difficulty 11 instead of 10, to be true. It's not quote unquote official, as in it's a thing that's errated, but that's only because it's not high enough impact to errata. The FAQ can be huge without problem since it's searchable. But when you label something as errated, that conveys that, hey, this matters, everyone. Pay attention to it. And I don't want to overuse that power. Yeah. Mm. So I totally I feel that. that. Yeah. But the thing that made me notice that was on the actual cards, the physical cards, on the original OG ones, it never showed you what the difficulty was for each level of the adversary. The later ones actually showed you... And told you what the difficulty and I'm were. I'm so thankful for that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And so on the wiki, they went and put those difficulty levels on each of the OG ones. That's one of the reasons why I checked the wiki so often for the research for the adversary series was because of that. So I can see at a glance, okay, when does this difficulty thing come in there? Right. Okay. And I noticed the asterisk when I was looking at that. So I was like, huh. So Russia isn't technically the highest difficulty at 11. Yes, they are hard at difficulty 11, and I agree with it. Yeah. But England is also... Still the bad boys on the block. Yeah, difficulty 11, and I totally agree with it. You'll hear no complaints from me. we felt it. (laughs) We try to get Laura to play in our game. She said, nope, I'll go paint. Yep, yep. Yep. Didn't want that. So the lowest difficulty is Sweden at 8, and the highest difficulty is a tie between Russia and England Mm, at 11. Very interesting. You know, out of the seven adversaries, One of them is at difficulty 8. Two of them are at difficulty 11. But the other four are at difficulty 10. (laughs) Yeah. That's where, like, most of the sweet spot is. Right. So it's like, ooh. When it comes to difficulty, the norm is the double digits. Mm -hmm. But only one. 
Not Sweden, as we said, is not double digits. That's an interesting thought, Laura. Maybe there will be another adversary that is lower in difficulty later on. Mm -hmm. I think the argument is, with more expansions that come out, usually you have those people that are buying those later expansions, the dedicated gamers. Right. So they want hard difficulty things. They don't Mm -hmm. want low-complexity spirits. They don't want easy adversaries because they are the veterans. So maybe that's why those don't come out as much anymore? Maybe. And the general Mm -hmm. vibe I see from people is they don't mind when something is a certain difficulty level so long as they still somewhere have access to the extreme. Mm. Doesn't mean they'll always exist at the extreme, but at least they have access to it. That's true. They've done a very good job of making them accessible no matter Mm. what level you want to play it at. Yep. Yep. One thing that's interesting to those of you who are starting your journey on the adversaries and you don't want to take them on at the max level, that's totally fine. This next stat will be for you. Of all of the adversaries, the hardest base difficulty of each of these adversaries is France and Habsburg at a difficulty of two. Interesting. Each of these adversaries, if you have them at just their buck standard, they're not even level one, just Mm -hmm. having them in at their lowest difficulty, who's the hardest? France and Habsburg. I feel it with so, France. Oh, I definitely feel it. Yeah. But to those who want to try getting into it and you want to take things like really slow, totally fine. Maybe France and Habsburg aren't the ones you want to do because those are the hardest mm-hmm. at their utter base. All the rest will be difficulty one. That's a good warning. I like that. To the same group of people, the people who want to get their toes wet, then their feet, then their ankles and shins, and they just kind of like want to walk into the deep end Mm -hmm. instead of jump into the deep end. Another helpful statistic for you might be that every adversary in the game has a loss condition except for two. Except for two. Only two don't have a loss condition, which is just another thing to remember, another thing to be weighing on your mind. And so these two may be good to remember just because that's just less to remember. And it does make it a little bit easier. Yep. And those two are Brandenburg, Prussia, and Sweden. Pushback. Hot take. Hmm. I think Prussia does have a loss condition. It's time. It's time. But if you're doing it at the base difficulty, oh, true. it's not the worst. Because at base difficulty, the only thing that you're going to have is the rescalation. And it just simply says, on each board with buildings, add a town to a land without a town. Yeah. That's not so bad. No, it's and not. And that is a fantastic training wheels yeah. kind of thing for a new player. So I think knowing that, the fact that France and Habsburg have the hardest base difficulty and Brandenburg, Prussia, and Sweden don't have a loss condition, that information that I just said is going to be really valuable to the people who just want to get in slow. We've said this before, Brandenburg Prussia is the best starter adversary. Because mm-hmm. like we said, there's barely any upkeep on rules. Yeah. They just mm-hmm. manipulate the invader deck, or like you said with the escalation, you just add one town. Yep. So it's not the worst thing. Right. And as of now, there's seven adversaries. You pick your starting point. Of course. It's all up to you. Yeah. But like I said, that information might be useless to some people. Totally fine. Because it can be useful to one person. And so long as it's useful to one person, I think it's worth saying. Agreed. Fun fact, the adversary with the smallest invader deck is... Let's ad- say it all at once Brandenburg Prussia at eight what they're known for you have eight turns that is the smallest invader deck that means that they are definitely the fastest the speed trial of Spirit Island gotta go fast gotta go fast it was interesting after looking at all these adversaries a lot of them as a measure of difficulty to make the game harder for the player will go and do something something to the invader deck they tweak it somehow maybe they swap around the order or maybe put bombs in the fear deck they put bombs at something 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 somewhere happens with the invader deck. Mm -hmm. 
But out of the seven, there are three that don't do anything with the Invader deck. It is a perfectly untouched Invader deck. So if you are someone who absolutely hates having to worry about a compromised Invader deck because maybe you've done normal games a lot and you want to further ease yourself in to the game. And so maybe this next stat will be useful to you because you're looking for, well, I want someone that's going to be a little bit easier to understand from the gameplay that I'm accustomed to. At my pace and a slower pace. Correct. England... Sweden and France don't touch the deck at all. So that means that there's just a standard deck. And if you are accustomed Mm -hmm. to playing a standard game without any adversaries or scenarios or anything like that, in this way, those three adversaries, England, Sweden, and France, are going to seem probably the most normal to you. And maybe that's a good starting point. So I guess that's why some of these statistics are important, because to some people, this could be good information to know for your entry point. Who has the hardest space difficulty? Who has a loss condition versus who doesn't? Mm -hmm. Who has an untouched invader deck versus who has the smallest one? I don't know what kind of player you are or what kind of things you value or what things are easy for you or hard, but... All of this information, if you want to take it at your own pace, can be helpful because that helps you find your entry point. What's interesting with the last set, you talked about the untouched invader deck. Mm -hmm. You think to yourself, oh, the deck is completely normal. What a benefit to me as a spirit, as the player, so I can grow. It's funny how those three adversaries really use the Untouched Invader deck to their benefit. Mm -hmm. So you have more escalations. So you have more stage three cards of just more buildings, more towns, more double blight. So you think like, oh, England, more turns. That's awesome. You get every single escalation (laughs) with a building in the same land. And all of a sudden you have seven buildings, one land. pros and cons, baby. There are strengths and weaknesses. We were terrified of France stage level three because we had 20 explorers on the island about to turn into towns have an adversary where it's like oh well at least they have this well don't forget the other things that they can do because maybe there's something aggressively against your preference that they do that you want to be considered but I mean you can read the card oh yeah it's just funny to think about it One stat I thought was interesting. Who starts with the most stuff? Hmm. You know, like setup changes. The The plastic. And so we were talking about the invader deck. Yeah, but what about like the actual like game stage? The white dudes has the most amount of stuff. So Brandenburg, Prussia just has a town. Hmm. Just one extra town. One little goob. That ain't so bad. A single goob. Yeah. Russia comes in with just one explorer and one more beast. Not too bad. Okay. Love having the extra beast. Yeah. I mean, the thing that they don't tell you is that (laughs) they start in prime condition to kill that beast. beast. (laughs) (laughs) It will break you. Habsburg comes in with two towns. They love their towns. Oh, yeah. So two towns is the only thing that changes there. France, likewise, two towns. Uh, They'll be getting a few more of those. But still, (laughs) just two towns. That ain't the worst. Scotland comes in with a city. Uh, It's on the coast. uh, That's one thing that they do with their identity. They love having... A city, and it's in the center too. It's land yeah, too, and they love having a city on that coast. And yeah, we talked about the fact that Scotland already starts the game at fifty percent yep. for their win condition. <laughs> we don't lose. Woof. England comes in with a city and a town. So don't worry, you're probably getting an adjacency oh. build turn one. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be pretty There's rough. buildings everywhere. Unless you do draw the fruitful earth with... Lightning spoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in truth, it's Sweden. What? That comes in at number one with the most amount of stuff. But the, the weakest adversary. The They're the easiest, Laura said. They come in with a city, two towns, and a blight. Mm. Thankfully, that blight comes from the box, but still, it's another blight. They're so front-loaded. So, remember how Scotland was like, ha, we love having a city there. England's like, ha we have a city and a town. <laughs> and then Sweden's like, hey, remember how England had a city and a town? I have a city and two towns. Oh, and a blight. And a blight. Just, Sweden, just make it worse. It can be 
is very detrimentally effective to your brain when you're like, oh no, because your morale takes a hit once you see they're all over. It's a little <laughs> overwhelming turn one they're when, when you're starting a Sweden game. Maybe that's why you don't play them so much. You kind of it's like get... a lot on the board right off the bat. Yeah, Pick yeah. a direction. That's the right one to go. What yeah. did I start in, Ryan? <laughs> just go for it. <laughs> I feel like I yes. need to retry Sweden because the first time we played them, I was like, oh no. And now I'm a little more comfortable with losing. So <laughs> now might be a good time to go back and just be like, all right. Well, now that Jagged Earth has come out, there's a lot more spirits and a lot more cards that yeah. make that kind of gameplay style conducive. Yeah. So one thing that was kind of funny, when doing this whole adversary series, obviously it's human nature to have some things that you identify with versus things that you identify against. And between how we differ as players, what we like, the gameplay styles we like, I'm very pro Dahan, mm-hmm. uh, Laura less so, <laughs> unless when she's Thunder Speaker. John <laughs> loves control love and it. we both love fear also. Love fear. And as a result of just having different preferences, it's actually kind of fun to see which of these various adversaries we liked versus disliked, which ones were just such a slog, which ones we hated. And particularly when it comes... Right. When it comes to the escalations or the loss conditions... I was kind of curious. I was wondering what your least favorite loss conditions or least Ooh. favorite escalations were. Mm. When it comes to escalation, no debate. It's Sweden. Whoa. I hate Sweden's. Oh, I hate it so much. Because they convert your Dahan. Oh, I hate that so much. We love Dahan. I love using Dahan, and it's such a crippling reversal. I always hate it when there's any adversary that has the capability to give you a problem really quick. Yeah. Like, Mm. last turn, you were fine, and very suddenly, you now have a very big issue. And Sweden is one of them. Because after the invaders explore in each land this phase, if that land has at least as many invaders as Dahan, you convert a Dahan into a town. Unfair! A town? Really? Not even an explorer. Just like it is when you're playing Age of Empires, when a monk or a priest converts one of your guys, it's awful because not only are you losing a guy, they are gaining a unit. So the difference isn't one, it's two. If you killed one of my units... You just lose one. I lost one. Or if they recruited one, they gained one. But no, it's both. I lose a Dahan and they gain one. Also, thematically, it's like the most painful. Like, no! No! Like, the very essence of the game. That is the evil that we're fighting. Like, no! No! And I hate that because then you can have a clear land that has a Dahan in it. Yay! Just one Dahan. And then an explorer shows up. Bam! An explorer shows up. Oh, now they tied. Now there's a town and an explorer. Dahan's not there. You have no counterattacking potential. Next turn, they're building a city. Slow down! And those towns deal bonus damage. What? And the cities. If they did enough damage, double blight. Oh, I hate this so much. I wonder because of how you started playing this game. You started, like you said, with lightning and earth, and you really resonated with earth, and you still love earth and played Mighty Earth against England. I wonder if that defensive mindset that you started this game with, and you utilized Dahan so well in your gameplay, I think that is why it really sticks out to you. This really stuck with me the first time I ever played with it. Like, oh, that is just insulting on so many ways mechanically insulting, thematically insulting. It's just like, oh, no. 
and for me, I love playing mists. And I love the fact that mists and nates can just both go pink pink and negate the two incoming explorers that happened. Because the moment they happen, two explorers show up in two different lands. You can use Lost in the Swirling Haze to handle one of those because mm -hmm. you shove them out of there. And you can use Suffocating Shroud to straight up kill the other one. So after they explored, they show up and you killed them in the slow phase or handled them in the slow phase. Here, though, it says after the invaders explore. Ugh. But that's before your slow powers go. You can't even act yet. So, as missed, I can't do anything about that. No! It's like you're sitting on your hands. Yes, I know that it can be handled. It can be stopped if you have enough to Han clumped up into a land. Or if you have it isolated. Or maybe you have a wild token. Yes, it's something that you can prepare for. I get that. I'm just saying, when talking about escalations that successfully go off. Yeah. This is the one. That stings. just stings for me the most. Oh, I hate it so much. Laura, do you have anything to chime in? I also agree with Ryan. On yeah, Sweden. you're Sweden's too. They're just obnoxious. Whoa. It is obnoxious well, though. Pointed out, like my favorite character, Thunderspeaker, does have the ability to move the Dahan around and get them out of the places. You can move Dahan, but you can't move every Dahan every single turn everywhere. Right. You still are limited in how often you can move. And so, if you're trying to set up for a big move, but you're like, okay, well, I also need to keep my little Dahan army safe over yeah. here. Like they're still gonna be killing your people off, and you still can't do anything about it. Yeah. So, But the reversal sucks because it's a town that has bonus damage. Because yes, it's a town has as much health as a town, but it has the damage of a normal city. Yeah. So that's yeah. why it's like even more obnoxious. And as a Thunderspeaker main, that totally makes sense. You're losing your ammo. Yeah, you're losing your ammo. And it just also means you can't set up for a big kaboom if right. you're trying to And since you natively can't like get that. them back yeah. either as Thunderspeaker, right. that's you just have to look egregious. for cards to like, right. yeah. It's just a- Have river play? Well, and you want to get cards and play cards that move your Dahan, not right. just create Dahan. You just right. put River on your team. Right. And yeah, you can prepare for it and get around it, sure. But we're talking about like when it goes off successfully. It's right. just like, oh. You can't plug every hole in this game. Things no. are going to slip through. You're going to have stragglers, like Laura's saying, and they're going to get converted, and it sucks. Yeah. No, I'm in agreement with you. I hate it. John, what about yours? So I feel like the ones that we hate really resonate with personal experiences because, frankly, yeah. all of them suck. Yeah, right? No, they do. They do. And each one of them has a certain context with how the rest of the adversary's abilities yeah. combine with it. How yeah. they all build with their right. kids. Because in a vacuum, some of them sound a lot worse or better than others. Yes, or like, some are like, that ain't so bad. England's, oh, okay. They, they build? Okay. They build, whatever. That's fine. But once you remember, oh, wait, they have a loss condition oh. where if they have seven, and, oh. And an extra build tile. Oh, an adjacency build. Oh. oh. <laughs> ah, it looks a lot ugly. It does. Because if they get those seven buildings in a land, they win. And yeah, you get the... So I think, speaking from personal experience, because we're talking about what stings, what hurts, yeah. what really grinds your gears, it was Scotland for me. Oh, where yeah. You were fractured. I was yeah. fractured days not having a lot of influence yeah. on the island. No, that makes sense. No, seriously, that makes sense. I'll remind the listeners, is called Ports Sprawl Outward. On the single board with the most coastal buildings, add one town to the end number lands with the fewest towns mm -hmm. and being the number of players so on the single board which means if you're playing a multiplayer game which we typically do at least two or three yep. or four or five if you are being the worst at the game and you have the most well, they pick on buildings you. they pick that's on the you. thing they, they find you while you're down your life sucks make it suck harder <laughs> yeah they find the player who's in dead last and they just pile it on them. make it worse it's like blue shelling the guy in last place in mario kart like <laughs> what i was already in last i remember don't make this worse when we were playing our Scotland game, the sec 
second time the escalation went through, I felt it. I was like, yeah. oh no, it's me again. I know. The first I, time you're like, oh, you know, maybe it was just a bad turn. I'll growth. <laughs> I'll gain more cards and get yeah. energy. I'll figure this out. And then it hit again. I'm like, oh no. I'm just like getting ganged well, up on. I remember watching you like accept it. <laughs> With such despair, because we just like, okay, it happened again. It's kind of got a little awkward. It's like, it's John, again. John, 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 so then we start. he's like, yeah, I know. We I start reaching for the extra yeah. pieces, and the people are doing it for me. I'm just like right. watching it happen. But don't worry, because Thunder Speaker got Rapid Wings this hey! But no, I definitely it. can see it. Because, I mean, in the way that Laura was saying, the term was obnoxious. That also seems obnoxious. Yeah. Really? Whoever's having the hardest time, and they go against them? What if you're playing with a newer player? Boy, they're yeah. going to feel really targeted. Maybe don't yeah. start with Scotland. I could definitely see it. Maybe not Scotland, but yeah. Yeah. anyway, that was my least favorite. Yeah, no, escalation. that fits. That definitely makes sense. When it comes to loss condition, easy France, France. <laughs> <laughs> it's France. so mind cripplingly pressure inducing for me. I hate that. It's the one we felt the most in right. our series, right? Because once you realize how fast they can build towns, because you're like, okay, they have a lot of explorers. Oh, explorers are their thing. Okay, okay. The moment. For the first time, you see them go, boop, and all of those explorers, except for one, turn into towns. You're like, oh. Oh. Oh, no. There's four oh, explorers in the no. land. Now there's four towns oh, with one explorer crap. remaining. What? When you see them marshalling their explorers, they're about to convert on you. And you're like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. And for whatever reason, that is just, for me, that's just the most yeah. pressure-inducing. I may be accidentally shooting myself in the foot because we actually set aside the appropriate amount of towns. In a clear Dixie So cup. whenever we take them out and put them on the board, I actually see how much are left. So I'm like, oh crap! Like, I can yeah, which is again, that I we're... think really smart to do. Everyone at home, yeah. please do that. Set no, them seriously, aside. because it helps you calibrate what threat is worse against you. Is it blight and damage, or is it towns? Because right now, maybe I can stop a build, or maybe I can stop damage coming in. Well, let me check. What's the blight situation? We got one left. How many towns do we have in the Dixie Cup? I don't know, maybe like 10. Okay. You know what? Good. We're good. We can yeah. let them build. Maybe some other time. It's like well, the exact opposite. There's two left. Right. You have to be in management of it. But for me, oh my gosh, I hate it. I hate it so much. And yes, I know that technically England's is actually kind of easier because it's just seven buildings. Yeah. Easier for team bad guy, I mean. Mm. Easier for them to get the loss condition. Yeah. So that's town or city. You'd think that would be more pressure inducing, right? Because this one's only towns. But yeah, no, uh, it's just France's. The whole kit, like you were saying. Proclivity. When you to play just, the bam. entirety of France, yeah. you feel it. Right. Right. Oh, it's the worst. So what would be your least favorite loss condition if you had one? I don't think I really have one. Other than the hmm. France one is annoying, but I would say the most obnoxious like gameplay change thing is the one where all of the blight that you take off the board has to go onto the oh, card. Slow healing ecosystem. And once yeah. you get like enough of it. No, that's totally fair. Then yeah. you can put it back. That stinks. That one, yeah, that it's one's very almost unique. Like, it is unique, but it almost guarantees that you're going to blight. It's right. so difficult. So, yeah. so at that point, you're like, well, I hope I'm playing the nasty little fire spirit. Well, right, because... there's like a sense of doom dread. Or you stone, have, where you're like adding blight from the box and then putting it on the board. And then you're like, mm -hmm. and now I'll heal it right back off again. And Well, it's like this impending thing that you can't escape. There's you like can't. this doom. They're like, well, even if I did heal it, so why it's heal probably going to go point? anyway. Yeah. I had that comment because I was posting like one game I had. I'm like, oh, I didn't heal the blight because it's France, so who cares? Someone's like, what about the end score? I'm like, <laughs> 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 I won. So I don't care about the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do people score it for like how much blight is on the board and stuff? 
Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things that go All right. that affect the score that you have. Wow, you are such a volcano player. Scoring involves Dahan, blight on the island. <laughs> Why would they do that? That's just like making it rude to volcano players. For me personally, the thing I care about is win, yes or no. I don't really care how the board state was, honestly. Like, ultimately, is it fun to say, oh, yeah, we cleaned up a lot? Sure, you have a new second wave. But, like, if it's general game, like, Ooh. I just really care about, Good did point. I win? If yes. this was second wave, I would definitely yeah. care. Yep. Okay, so now we're going to get into something that's really cool, This is where I, I think. geek out. So, one of the funnest things about these surveys, and probably, like, the biggest point of focus for all of the incoming advice that we asked for was, who do you think is the best against all of these adversaries, specifically, and who is the worst? Well, we made bottom fives and top fives throughout the whole thing. And it was really cool to see specifically where each of these spirits went Mm -hmm. with each corresponding adversary. And Mm -hmm. it was cool to see the rock, paper, scissor effect on all of them. One reason why we did, we would see so many people asking, who should I play against this adversary? If I want to get a win, who is the best? Time after time after time, I would see on BGG or Reddit or Discord, who should I play as? So we wanted to give the community, Mm -hmm. have them vote on who they think is the best so people could see and hear these totals. So... How did each of them perform as a whole? How many times did each one show up on various lists? Whether they be top five, bottom five, both, neither. Neither. How many times? Where in the placement Mm -hmm. of those lists? So we're going to go and get into how each of them went as a whole. We made here a weighted bottom five and a weighted top five. Weighted simply means that we award certain amount of points to each spirit, and those points are based on where they were placed in each of these. So, for instance... Number one, first place is worth five points. If you got first place, you got five points for something. Nice. If you showed up in fifth place, you only got one point. Oh. And second place would be four points, third place, three points, fourth place, two points. You get the idea. Yeah. So what this means is these are like counterpoints. In the community's opinion, how many times did you counter an adversary and how many times were you countered? Mm. So basically, the more Mm. counterpoints you have, the better you are at taking down certain adversaries and vice versa. So it's actually kind of cool because how many points you have are comprised of two different values. How many times you showed up and or where where you showed showed up. up. So it was actually pretty cool to see where all these spirits showed up. I thought it was actually pretty cool. So it's really cool to see these weighted top five, bottom fives, and then to look at people's tier lists out there. Yeah. And it's like, oh, these people show up all the time on this high of a tier list, but they never showed up on our weighted top five. Right. So it's like, where are we judging these tier lists on? Just some food for thought. It's a really cool thing to think of when you are analyzing the data. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of fun to look and find the truths hidden within these numbers. Exactly. So, we have nine placements for the bottom five, the overall bottom five. So, this is actually kind of cool. Before, we were doing bottom five and top five for each individual adversary. Now, Now we're doing all seven. All seven at once. So, in ninth place, we have three spirits. 
immense lightning, <laughs> shifting memory, and many minds move as one. They got one point. So they appeared once in fifth place. That means once at fifth place. There's only one way to get one point, and that is one time at fifth place. So that's not terrible. That's pretty good that's to pretty only show good. up once that's pretty good. as a non-counter yeah. pick. Out of all the seven? Yeah. I mean, some might even say that's S tier. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tips. So, like you said, the bottom of a bottom five, that's pretty much a compliment. Yeah. So, Immense mm-hmm. Lightning, we know to be favorably minded in the zeitgeist of the player base. Shifting Memory... No one votes for so who cares? <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> the Forgotten Spirits that's of right. Spirit Island. But also very customizable. It exactly. Can be no, anything. that's my so, real thought. Yeah, I think yeah. Memory is strong. Many Minds, yeah, that means only one yeah. adversary. And even if it was one adversary, it was in fifth place. So, yeah. it was like hardly even mentioned. Still winnable for Minds. Yep. In eighth place, Travel River and Volcano at two points. We're still very much in the territory of characters that are just solid. England stain is all over River. In this <laughs> yeah. England and River. Don't yeah, mesh River well. never showed up like hardly ever in the bottom five. And then England, and then England shows up, and they showed up. Twice. River, 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 River. <laughs> Volcano is just such an awesome spirit, so... I feel like, not forgotten spirit, but not often talked about. Volcano's a cool yeah. spirit that I don't see a lot of chatter about. I, I feel as if volcano. that's like you the love one volcano. In our right, group, we play spirit so who's like, everyone knows that they're just cool. Good, strong. Like, that's just a cool guy. Fair. But I don't think they're people's thing. favorite offensive spirits, at least so far. And what I've noticed. A lot of people's they are. A lot. But, right. It's not a vocal favorite yeah. too often. They did make great. the All-Stars top five in the yeah. offensive category. So yep. they are talked about. Next at three points, Green and Trickster. Interesting. Yep. Still, once again, we're very much in the lower yeah. part of these point values. Only three counterpoints. Maybe that's one or two appearances. Right. Maybe that, three. that could be a single appearance in third place, yeah. or maybe two appearances in fourth and one in fifth, or three in fifth. We're still dealing with characters who are widely pretty good. Yes. So Green Trickster, they aren't countered too much, no. according to the community. Moving on up to four points, we have Lure, River, and Wildfire. Wow. Think of those three spirits. Heavy hitters. Really good, solid Top-tier spirits. Lure, River, Wildfire. For their own ways, are just phenomenal in a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So four points, that's not very bad. You know, out of seven adversaries, to only acquire four points. For River, it was one appearance. Right, a single time. Right, right. They just got second place Mm -hmm. against England as the The worst. The next level goes from four points to eight points. Ooh. So now we are starting Doubled. to discuss and talk about spirits that get countered a bit more often and or countered a bit more directly. Mm. Base Lightning and Serpent. Okay. I can see it. I can see it. Both of them are renowned for being slow in certain ways. Yeah. Serpents being slow and the fact that, hey, they got to wake up. It takes a while. It takes a while. Literally part of their lore. Lightning can be slow in the it's fact the that... It's the Reclaim Loop. There it is. The <laughs> famous or infamous Reclaim Loop. You can go just completely all out offense and be like, ha, ha! look at this six card play, you know, wow, that was turn incredible. that I had. Can you do that again? Uh, no. <laughs> do you have six more to go along with it? 
I had a hand of seven. Well, is River in this game? <laughs> no, Bob. So yeah, I definitely see. And this is base lightning we're talking about. The higher these counterpoint values go, the more specific we're going to see certain yeah. spirits. <laughs> and so base lightning and serpent came in at eight. At nine points, we have... Oh, man. Wow. Literally. Wow. Okay. At nine points. This might be the most surprising so right. far. Each one of us here at this table hates this one. Ooh. At nine points, Ocean, no. Finder, <gasps> and Fang. No. Oh. no. How dare you. <laughs> Each for our own specific reasons. We, we all have like a spirit here as represented. Fangs, Finder, and Ocean. Nine points. This means that since there are seven adversaries, this means that we are guaranteed that multiple. we are right multiple appearances and not just fifth place. No. Now that we're at nine points, now we're so, seeing some black uh, eyes here. In Ocean's case, we know what it's going to be: the inability to reach inland for Finder. You can't kill people. <laughs> no damage, no fear. Right. In Fang's case, the, misunderstanding of right, how to play the spirit, <laughs> but the low damage the blight restrictions. You watch your tongue on that low damage. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but that's like the mental understanding that yeah. surrounds these characters. Hopefully we can get to a point where it's not so bad in people's minds because yeah. once people can see that, actually it's not so bad. But still, nine points, that's starting to get pretty considerable. The Fool's Bronze, however, mm. ugh, I hate this, at 11 points. It went from 9 to 11. So at 11 points, this is a character that's been countered a decent bit. Brace for impact. Is Shroud of Silent Mist. Oh, I'm so sorry. You were talking about an understood spirit. This might be one of the most misunderstood spirits. This, this is the most misunderstood oh, spirit. T-ips, you feel my pain. I hate this. The oh. most, I think some people are the most apprehensive towards the spirit in playing. They just don't understand Mist, so they must think it's bad or weak. Right, No, and I feel it. I understand the emotion behind it. I mean, Mist can appear significantly slower than a lot of other spirits when you compare them side by side. Mist has a very strange mechanic that is exclusive to them, unless you have spreading rot in the game. But you know, as they're not really official, Mist is like the only one that really cares about. Oh, pay attention in the time passes phase. Not a whole lot of people have to pay attention in the time passes phase. No, nope. but Mist players do. And oh, people don't like having to be restricted into certain elements sometimes because well, it's crucial that I need my energy and I get my energy if I ignore fire. But I like a lot of fire cards, so I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm just saying I love them so much. It's so hard to see them with all these countered points. Like, ow. What's hard for me is in being a part of a play group that has a missed main player and we've gone against top level adversaries. So I've seen missed literally wreck games. Yeah. Play so well. Play so well and just honestly carry the team. Yeah. So when I see this, I'm so befuddled where I don't get it. Where like, oh, what my experience with miss is they're very strong. Not third word. Yeah. So that's what's shocking I mean, that's third place. That's bronze. Fool's bronze. The Fool's silver. This one makes a lot of sense. One of them. 17 points. One of them makes a lot of sense. (laughs) 17. That's a jump. (laughs) We went from 9 to 11, which was like, eh. But then 11 to 17. Nightmare and base shadows. Base shadows you can have. Literally, oh my the designer of the game has apologized for shadows. We understand shadows. And, uh, and they fixed shadows. We they are fixed shadows. no surprise here. But bringer, no. 
I don't yeah, agree nightmare. with Nightmare. I mean, I could see it, but I mean. I think this is another scared to play, don't understand, yeah. not things not leaving the not board. Not going to bother kind of thing. Yeah, not yeah. going to bother. They must be bad. Right. I mean, when it comes to base shadows, this was the easiest one to see coming. This is accepted. This is the one that nobody is surprised no. to see because, I mean, it's base shadows. The joke is ancient at this point. And so to see that they got countered by max level adversaries to a point to yield them 17 countered points. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Bringer just not being able to directly destroy things. These fear and, spirits just not being understood right. well. When it comes to Bringer, it's like the Razor's Edge gameplay. Of course. Sure, there is a ridiculous power that Bringer has. The ceiling that Bringer can achieve right. in fear. But also that fence that you're balancing oh. on is also like really narrow. And I'm guessing a ton of players really don't want to sure. <laughs> take they that They want something chance. a little more Straightforward, simple, classic leaving the board Mm -hmm. makes sense to them. Yep. I am shocked that Base Shadows took silver. I thought they were going to get gold. Did you not? I mean, mean, that's the one. That's (laughs) the one. That's the meme. That's the meme. (laughs) They're the character. It's them. But they're not the one who got fool's gold. Who got gold? At 21 points. What? 20. That's a lot of points. One. 21 points. Remember, you only get five points for a single gold medal in the worst. So to have 21 points. This is a lot of first place finishes. That's a lot. Comes base. Earth. Wow. I'm so sorry, what? Ryan. Wow. I base Earth. Well, Base Earth is like one of the best beginner spirits ever. I don't see it. I honestly really don't. Good starting kit there can go for majors. There is a lot of value yeah. there. I'm not going to say that they're the most dynamic spirit or they're the ones Good. that has like the most outlandish offensive craziness. Dude, thing. if you do a majors build Earth, you'll have yeah. fun. And so. I cannot tell you how many times I have said you can take a low complexity character to the high difficulties and still succeed. Yes. And have meant that statement about Earth. Yes. And I'd Against still level six it. adversaries, you can win yes. with Earth. Yes. It's possible. It's doable. But still, to see someone who's so friendly to the newer players and then just... Yeah. Oh. It is surprising where Shadows didn't right. win this. Our voters said that base Earth gets countered the absolute most. Uh. Whether it was where they were placed in all these bottom fives or how many times they showed up. A little bit of both. Base Earth had 21 points. Mm, And there's your weighted bottom five. Immense Lightning, Memory and Minds did pretty good at one point. Travel River Volcano, still good at two points. Green and Trickster, yeah, three points. That's not a whole lot. Lure, River and Wildfire at four points. Great spirits. That's still good. Pretty good. Yeah, decent jump to eight points Ooh. with Serpent and Base Lightning. Uh, yeah, they're problems. Nine points, Fangs, Finder, and Ocean. Our Literally <laughs> A and S tier spirits right there, but <laughs> they probably get countered specifically, but countered hard. Yes. Yeah. And then, oh, missed at 11. Misunderstood. Oh, oh I'm just going to move on. <laughs> Bringer of... Misunderstood. Misunderstood. And Base Shadows <laughs> at 17. Yeah. But then Base Earth... At 21 mm, That feels wrong. Uh, that feels wrong. And that's just the number of countered points. But how many times did each of those peeps show up? Because that's actually a really big yeah. fact. That's an important detail to not leave out. How many appearances? Right. So in the case of Green, Trickster, Volcano, Immense Lightning, Shifting Memory, Lure, Many Minds, River, and Travel River, they all showed up a single time. 
So only had one. So each of their points. Yeah. However many points those spirits got. They only got countered once. A single time. That's they not showed bad. Up Against seven? One time. Wow. Out of seven adversaries, only one adversary was good enough to counter them to some degree in our voters' opinion. And, and if you listen to these spirits, these are look all at that strong. Lineup. These are strong spirits. Green, Trickster, Volcano, Immense Lightning, Travel River, Base River, Shifting Memory, Lure, Many Minds. These are solid. Spirits that are capable of just going ham. So it totally makes sense that these were the ones that showed up just one time. Just one time. This one surprises me and doesn't surprise me for this next one. Okay. For the peeps that only showed up twice. Because one of them makes sense and one of them's like, huh, since when do these two share anything? A tear. Base lightning and fangs. How about that? No, like, no joke. No, seriously. How about that? How about that? Only two times. Fangs and base lightning showed up. So base lightning and fangs, this means that they are pretty highly regarded widely amongst the adversaries. But since they only showed up twice, this means that, hey, two out of seven? That's not so bad. That means you are pretty good against five of the adversaries. Yeah, a majority. A big majority. That's really good. To the people who only showed up three times, this is still less than half. Less than half. Still the majority. So if you only showed up three times, that means four adversaries you are still good against. So generally speaking, to me, that means that these people who I'm about to read, generally speaking, are good. They're strong spirits. And if you're going up against any random adversary, this is not a bad pick. Finder, Serpent, Ocean, and Wildfire. Wow, those spirits have some brawn. Oh, yeah. Serpent? Mm-hmm. Ocean? Ocean's Fire? been S-tier since 2017. Wildfire? <laughs> yeah, like, Wildfire. It totally makes sense when you think about it. Sure, three appearances. That means only three really countered them hard. Maybe. I, I guess I'm most surprised that Ocean's appeared this many times. People yeah. love Ocean. Yeah. They vote for Ocean. Seriously. Ocean's strong. Yeah. Opens up the Ocean tile. I'm mm-hmm. surprised they got three. Right. Yeah. But these are the spirits that aren't widely bad, no. according to the votes, no. but rather directly countered, perhaps. Yeah, a few times. In the specific matchups where that happens. Uh, the next few are... Oh, uh, we're in, getting into the majority here, yeah. Ryan. <laughs> that last tier, by the way, that was the Fool's Bronze for yep. Finder, Serpent, Ocean, Wildfire. What's silver? <laughs> Once again, another top three, or in this case, bottom three appearance for Mist at Five appearances out of the seven adversaries, five. That means that according to the opinions of the people who voted, Mist is usually a bad pick against any adversary. So I went back and tried to listen to a few of our episodes, you know, prepare for the episodes. I do some homework sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of there's time. Yeah, so... (laughs) When we would talk about bottom fives, again, we would go through the list and like Ryan would say, Mist would appear a lot. A lot. Mm -hmm. And then we would break down and be like, actually, Mist isn't bad here. (laughs) If you just like took a second to know how to play. If you know how to play, if you took a second to look at the spirit, like actually this counters a lot of what France is doing. (laughs) Or, you know. Yeah, but reputations have their effect and consequence. As the great Taylor Swift said, my reputation precedes me. (laughs) Well done. That wasn't key. Maybe it wasn't. Well, and she never is either. Oh! Anyway, we've got... in studio. <laughs> <laughs> Big Machine Records. <laughs> in first place, this actually is quite interesting to me. 
Before, Bringer and Base Shadows were in second place with 17 points, and Base Earth had 21 points. Yet all three of those, oh? Nightmare, Base Shadows, and Base Earth, appeared six times on a bottom so five. So they all appeared six times. So in that way, they're all equal. In the number of times they appeared. Again, Bringer and Earth surprised me. We all know about Shadows, right? We all know about Shadows, yeah. But Earth and Bringer. But Earth and Nightmare, yeah. yeah, I thought people love Bringer and Earth. Like you said, some of people's first favorite spirits. Very interesting. So you're not surprised at that. If someone's going to have a lot of points in the weighted list, they're probably going to have decent placement. And they probably showed up a lot. One thing that's interesting is that there were a few spirits that never showed up in okay. a bottom five. Some strong ever. spirits, I'm guessing. Who are these guys? Okay, who People. we have? Who we got? Who we got? Downpour, a fractured days. Shocked. I'm actually shocked at that. Shocked or not? <laughs> Keeper, yep. Stone, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Starlight, <laughs> Vengeance, Floor. I'm on the floor. And oh, Thunder Speaker. Well, hey. Okay. Hey. Thunder Speaker, the OG MVP, right there. Let's get some of them out of the way. Thunder Speaker. Okay. Keeper. The ones that don't surprise me. Thunder Speaker. Oh, totally. Yeah. Keeper. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. S plus tier. Stone. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah, Downpour. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Defense at the wazoo. What surprises me? Fractured, Starlight, and Vengeance. Vengeance. I thought people were down on. Now, it's not that they aren't actually capable of awesome success, because they are. That's not what surprises me. It's interesting to see community opinions on certain things, and I would have assumed that these spirits who are incredibly difficult, incredibly difficult to actually... We got two high complexities on this list. Fractured and Starlight. It's so hard to actually play these spirits to understand them. Very high complexity. Yes, very high complexity. And yet, yeah. They never showed up. I mean, people aren't even reading the special rule for fangs, okay? <laughs> How the heck are you getting fractured right, but you can't even get fangs? What the heck? Like, okay, so then you play the card, like, and then you reclaim it, and then you play it again from your hand, and then you move the invader deck right, around. And then you have Starlight, what? <laughs> 17 different what, like, and growth just, paths. What, and then Vengeance just completely blighting. Blight is good now. What, all this is fine. Fangs, all, all you do fine. is exchange your presence for one beast token. It's so easy! <laughs> But point being, of all the spirits who could very much be a bottom wi- five contender, wielded incorrectly or have a miasma of they're just too hard for me, so I don't even fracture days. It's fractured. <laughs> it's starlight and it's vengeance. So it's comedically interesting. Okay, yeah, it's funny. I'm not hating on any of these spirits. Like I said, thunder speaker. Oh yeah, totally. Keeper. Oh yeah, definitely. Stone. Sure. sure. Downpour. Oh yeah, of definitely. Of course. Yeah. But then Fractured Starlight Vengeance, yeah, I get it. They can all be, like, really, really, good. really successful. Uh, but at the Difficult same accessibility that Stone or Keeper or Downport has? Mm-mm. Okay, cool. Maybe <laughs> other people just took to those spirits a lot faster what than I did. What if just, like, wrecking That's Fractured? Fine. Yeah, they could. They totally <laughs> could. That's entirely fair, and it's entirely possible. Yeah. So now let's go ahead and look at the weighted top five. Top five! Let's go ahead and get some good vibes in the house. We have a top 13 in the same way and yet opposite for the bottom five. The bottom of a bottom five meant that you were pretty good. The bottom of a top five meant that you were, eh, okay, you're barely here. But, you know, you're still here. You're so still a top I'll spirit. Take yeah. I'll take it. With one point... Is shot as silent man. Hey, hey, we out here. We participating against <laughs> Ryan. Was that your vote? 
We don't vote on our... We don't vote. Oh, we're not supposed to vote? Oops. Ryan and I don't (laughs) vote on our polls. We never voted on the polls, so this wasn't us. This wasn't any of our kind of influence. But the thing that's interesting is with one point, that means that it had to have been fifth place and a single time. For that is the only way to get one point. And of all... What's the most interesting part, Ryan? What is it? For missed to not only... It's probably Sweden, right? Not show up on a bottom five, but to show up on a top five... Is it Bramber Prussia? Was England. What? What? (laughs) The hardest adversary in the game? The one with bonus health? delusional about (laughs) Miss. Hey, I see it. I'm just so no, happy. I actually see like, it too. I actually think Miss is very good against England. It's fun to be confused and surprised by these numbers sometimes. Like, hey, how about, that? how about yeah. that? At two points comes in Starlight, Immense Lightning, Shifting Memory, and Bringer. Oh. What's interesting here is that Shifting Memory was also pretty low on the weighted bottom five. Just and not, here, once again, they're low on the top five. It's not really voted on. They can be anything. They can be so anything. They can be anywhere. In the same way Starlight's here, they can be anything. That's true. So it makes sense, but only two points. That means they never really showed up a whole lot. Either one appearance or just a couple appearances. Same can be said with Immense Lightning and Bringer. Now, Immense Lightning, I thought I would have seen a little bit more. Me too. That's a strong spirit. But then again, they have just standard basic brawn. Yeah. And these are specifically the counterpoints. True. Meaning, Mm. how good are you at countering? France. Not how good are you at just being cool and strong. Because Immense, one could argue, is kind of like shifting memory. Whatever majors you get, that's how strong you are right that's very true and bringers here what do they really counter specifically like when you mm. look at their kit you're their like who do they kit. really counter because that's what these points are the counter points sure. they got two of them not a whole lot not a whole lot they're just rushing through the fear deck right and they can do that against anyone and but that's it doesn't right. really counter. good but yeah. some people are good against that against others scotland is eh. yeah england or even eh. russia if you go too fast right. on fear right you depending get on bombs the timing face, right yeah, yeah. At three points Eight. comes Fractured, Keeper, and Serpent. Ooh. Who's which makes floored sense. about Keeper being Keeper, this low? <laughs> you know, in the exact same way, the spirits who have low counterpoints are usually the spirits that are generally good. Okay. But maybe not specifically good. Mm. Serpent is generally good because they can just wipe the floor of anyone so long as they get yeah. to the late game. Keeper has the money. They can really do anything. <laughs> Fractured is... Uh, what, what's uh, your days that never were deck? <laughs> right, <be> good. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that totally makes sense. And three points, that's, yeah, you know, a couple decent, appearances. But that's not maybe really all that great. Yeah. yeah. At four points... Many Minds comes in. Top 10. Another generally good spirit here. Many Minds, way to be. Like I've said, listen to this, Tips. One of the best stallers in the game because you have to spend a lot of the best. Like, seriously, I mean, Earth is ridiculously good, but not as ridiculously good. Not as much. Many Minds is ridiculously good. The most fear. Yeah, but they all have different tertiary and secondary focuses also. Yeah. But at four points, that's not enough to be like, oh, I counter a lot of adversaries and or I counter certain adversaries. A ton. Mm. Because with four points, a single gold medal appearance would be more than four points. True. So that means that anyone that we've discussed never got gold. Nope. Not even once. Many Minds, Fractured, Keeper, Serpent, Starlight, Immense Lightning, Memory, Bringer, Mist. None of them got gold. But they appeared in the top five, so it is Yeah, they're there. It's cool. I know, but I'm just saying, what do the numbers mean? Yeah, good point. Now that we are about to go into the five-pointers, we are starting to talk about people who could have made at least one gold appearance. And definitely have made at least multiple top Ones that made multiple appearances. Yes. Yep, that is what high-value numbers Mm -hmm. and the counterpoints mean. Mean. 
Next, at five points, is Foreboding Shadows. Stone and Volcano. Who would have thought Shadows is next to Stone Stone. on anything? Anything. (laughs) Yeah. Stone, I see it. Stone is a generically good spirit, but does have... Generically good. Yeah, but they do have some pretty good specific counters also. Yeah. So that makes sense. Like, when I think about Stone, that's the kind of mental framework I have them under. When I think of stone, I think of Habsburg. Yeah. (laughs) Foreboding shadows, we hardly ever saw. So do you know what this means? They countered someone specific. (laughs) But how cool is it? What an aspect can do. Yeah. Seriously. uh, To a bottom tier spirit. Seriously. To make some appearances on a top five. Right. Because it doesn't change the kit. Same tier as Stone. That's high praise. And Volcano, we talked about how solid they were. Love watching Volcano be played. Volcano's so fun. Right. But for Volcano and Shadows to be on the same level in, in something... That's awesome. It's so cool what Foreboding brings in the second innate because the cards aren't changed. The bad tracks for Shadows aren't changed. But that innate can do so much. And clearly the community sees that. Seriously. Moving on up to six points comes in Downpour. What a phenomenal spirit. We're talking about a character that can heal you, that can defend. And not just defend, but probably the ultimate defender. Yes, the best defender. Other people can defend in the form of prevention, but I'm talking about like defense in the normal standard way of blocking damage. Another great stall. Nobody can do it as good as Downpour can. Can also isolate, can heal teammates, can make lands into wetlands, which has some seriously dangerous, really good, yet sometimes under undervalued potential, but still huge, especially when you play with someone who's on Team Water, Mm. who uses wetlands. Oh, yeah. And sneaky, extremely good at damage. Right. So good. And fear. And what I like about Downpour, whatever you get becomes that spear, because you can spam cards. That is so fun to play, where every experience I've had with Downpour, I've done fear, I've done defense, I've done attack, like, whatever I pick up at the minor or major deck and I start spamming and repeating, it's just a fun time with Downpour. And every now and then, there exists... In this game, avenues where one notably strong thing that shouldn't be ignored yeah. is possible, but only when a very specific teammate is on your team. Mm. And so it's like worth to remember when yeah. that happens. The Here's an example. For instance, my least favorite blight removal card in the game is Regrow from Roots from Keeper's Starting Hand because it has two strings attached. Not only can it only go in a jungle or a wetland. But it also can only remove Blight if there's a small amount of Blight. Right. However, the thing is, is if you have Downpour on your team, those jungle or wetland restrictions, they can make anything a wetland. One of those two strings gets cut. So now you only have to worry about half of those strings. And there's great. There's a lot of cards in the game that focus on wetlands. And these are balancing tactics the designers put in. Like, we don't want this card too strong. It's such a good card. It can only focus on certain types of lands. But with Downpour in the game, that lifts those restrictions. Right, and it's also just one of the wonderful ways that this game has thematic Mm. sensibility. That's like, oh, that makes total sense because he's raining on the trees. Keeper is a tree spirit. But then also if you pair Keeper with Ocean... What if the ocean gets blighted because it counts as a wetland? I can heal it from wetlands. Yeah. Like, the tree and the ocean totally get along. Like, water, hello. Like, Downpour it, is such a cool spirit. In the same way, those kind of, like, crisscrossing mm-hmm. established strengths from pairings start to appear, but only when spe- 
specific pairings are in the game. Yeah. And so that's like one of the cool things. And Downpour does that for a lot of spirits. I think one of the most like friendly spirits to other spirits. I think River is a good support friendly, yeah. but Downpour can let mist grow anywhere. Right. Or like True. you said, bring people back or yeah. heal blights or let people repeat right. cards. Downpour is such a good person to have on your team. That's not yeah. really like a fractured so utility focused. Right. Because Downpour can handle their own. Oh, board. for Team Water, they love it. Yeah. Because hey, I can make wetlands. Ocean's like, hey, cool, sweet. Then <laughs> River's like, okay, sweet. Sweet. Nice. That's free sacred sites for River. This is like, oh, Mist, cool. I can spawn there I now. I can grow anywhere, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And it's just really cool to see that. So cool. downpour, it totally makes sense that downpour's like in the middle of the pack with six points. At seven points comes in Finder and Vengeance. Yes. Interesting pairing those two. Because one is like nothing but death. The other one's like anything but. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do death. I have responsibilities to the death. Right, yeah. seriously. But seven points. Now that we have at least seven points and higher, we are talking about characters that showed up enough times that it's possible that they showed up once every time in fifth place or something. Or if not that, they showed up in denominations that weren't fifth place. I guess what I'm confused about, I love Finder. I love Control. Yeah. But I would always think in my head that Finder's more difficult than a Mist. Finder has no fear, can't kill things, or doesn't have the capabilities early on. With Mist, you can generate fear. You can have control. You can do fear. And a ton of damage. And a ton of damage. With some of these things, I thought Finder would be more difficult, especially with that growth bridge track. Mm -hmm. I thought they would be, like, less voted on or something. But the strength of that growth bridge track, the ridiculous ludicrosity. I know it's not a word. Ludicrosity. (laughs) I love it. it. Of their extreme control. Like, it's not just control. It's ridiculous control. It's the best control. And so, to that degree... It's hard to be ignored. It's kind of hard to be ignored. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe you see Vengeance is high. No, I am too. Yeah. I am too. And we didn't see them a whole lot, which means that whoever they countered, they countered someone yeah. pretty well. Then with eight points comes in base lightning. One of the OGs. One of the OGs. Eight points is pretty decent. For a low complexity spirit. Right. From the base game. That's a few appearances. For or a, a few high placements, or both. For a spirit that has not a lot of downsides, but one really big downside. But they have <laughs> notable and famous drawbacks mm. that are known. Yeah. So I also am very happy to see them. I'm happy to see them. It's fun to play them. It's fun to give people Lightning Spoon. People lose their mind over Lightning Spoon. Oh, yeah. I can make this fast, too? <laughs> so it's just fun to play with. I don't know. Lightning's a good time. Yep. This next one makes total sense to me. At nine points... Ocean, Wildfire, and Green. That's a strong fifth place. That is a solid group of spirits right there. Give me those three. I think I can win every game I play with those three. Pretty much. I mean, Wildfire, Green, that pair alone can go the distance. And Ocean can handle its own. (laughs) Right. So we're talking about spirits here now that we're getting to the high numbers that are either highly good at countering. We're not talking about general quality, though that may be true still, but their kind of quality. Now it's both. Right. The kind of quality they have is one that is very specifically beneficial against adversaries and a lot of them. How cool is it to see Wildfire this high? Oh, I love it. For us who have been following this game for a long time where Wildfire was dogged. Right. Mm -hmm. They didn't even exist. Weren't even played. They weren't even on people's bottom tier list because they weren't even being recognized. Like, oh, they exist? I keep forgetting. A spirit that blights when they grow? No, thank you. Heck no. Now they're in fifth place as one of the best counterpicks to seven adversaries in the game. 
Right. Incredible. I really hope that that conveys the strength and allure mm. that Wildfire should have yes. in people's minds. I want to see Wildfire keep rising up the ranks. I think they're incredibly right. strong spirits. The next one kind of surprises me. Which I one? don't mind. I don't mind. But at 10 points... Trickster. Trickster. How about that? What? Fourth place, Trickster. With 10 points, outdoing Ocean, Green, Wildfire, Keeper even, Stone. (laughs) Immense Lightning. Downpour. How about that? Here's my defense for Trickster. Yes, they are very much countering some specific adversaries, specifically France and Sweden. Mm -hmm. I understand that. But I think because they are such a good start to mid-level game spirit where they can let other spirits grow. I'm just going to strife everything. You grow. Don't worry about your land. Focus on your tracks. I am going to keep the invaders at bay. I'm going to make them infight with each other. Right. So you keeper, so you earth can grow and get strong. I think Trickster is... a secretly good support spirit in that way. What's really interesting and funny is when you look at who is on the top of this weighted top five totals, like who's in the top numbers, the high numbers, and thinking about what do they actually bring to the table? It's kind of fun to theorize and think about why they are there. Why is Trickster in fourth place? So in third place, the bronze with 11 counterpoints. Wow. This means that these spirits are pretty good. They have a good countering potential is Lure, ah, which the totally gem. makes the, sense. The new toy from Jagged Earth. <laughs> but paired with Fangs? What? Fangs also 11 points. No, they were one of the worst. They're the bottom five. and Fangs. Wow. wow. I was shocked when I saw that. I was like, for realsies? Bronze. How about that? Fangs got Fangs. bronze. Thanks! Lord, totally makes sense. They're on the podium with Lord. Right, Lord's considered like the triple S tier spirit, like the <laughs> best one in the game can win by round four, no matter who you're playing against or with. Best boy! Best boy! <laughs> but Fangs Whoa. on the same level as Lure. Did people finally read the special rule? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, we're talking about the ability to counter all seven adversaries and the general rating you have at doing so. But isn't but that how still, you measure a spirit is against how well they do against top levels of this game? So Fangs, Fangs is a top tier spirit. Yes. One the prevention argue. of build is so good. Fear. Your damage. Non-damage Control. cap on damage. Changing Hunt. The fact that you can just go and be pretty much anything you want. They have such a flexible platform. Terrifying Chase. One of the best controlling uniques in the game. Because you can stack it and keep pushing things. With ridiculous ease, you can shove eight bad guys. Easy. It's not that hard. No. Just get three Eight's beasts in there. River is jealous right now. Get three beasts <laughs> in there. Yeah. There you go. It's not so bad. No, it's... Lord, do we really have to say why? I mean, come on. It's surprising how good ignoring explorers and mm-hmm. breaking down buildings can go. How much value that has. Yeah. So, Laura, you've told me Lure is a little bit slow for you. I feel like you're not as big a fan as the community with Lure. Boring. Wow. They are a little bit slow. I mean, they have a lot of slow powers. Here's my They problem. only have one fast power. I don't think power. through things very well. I don't plan ahead They are very a spirit well. that benefits from so setting up, to like be sure. So, if you're like me turns and you're like, ahead I just now. don't get Lure, that's fine. Okay. I know they're massively powerful and that's awesome. I like being on a team with Lure. I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing it and it's great. Okay. Don't understand it. Don't want to play it. Also, I think that they are a token spammer. 
But it's every kind of token, pretty much, with the exception of strife. And you got to plan out where you put token. your tokens, because right. then you got to plan out your damage. It is right. L- Laura's right, a ton of planning. And I always feel like you plan it out, and then things happen, and you're like, oh crap! They didn't go to my spot. I spent all of that to do the things, and they didn't work. They moved, so. and yet there will be times. Trust me, you'll be surprised how many times you go ha with a random token, and oh hey, that actually worked. Less like, often than you'd think. <laughs> Laura is not as lucky sometimes. <laughs> hey, that's just RNG. So Laura's like, I bring my own damage. (laughs) (laughs) Volcano. But when it comes to Dahan or Strife, that's the only thing they don't do. They do the rest. They do every other token. And so you have access to various things. Disease is really good against England. Disease is highly valued in this game. Beasts, really good against Russia. They have it. Mm -hmm. Wilds, really good against France. They have it. A lot of adversaries. Do you see what I mean about having, like, when there's a token that is very good against an adversary. Ryan, extra health. Oh. Oh, hey, wait a minute. We break them down. We break them down. They even get Badlands out there. <laughs> they do. Like, they do fear. They do control. They do damage. Right. They do prevention. They do so prevention. They have a very good kit at doing it all. They have good energy tracks. They have so good bottom tracks. So it makes total sense They to have two me, reclaims. Right, that they have 11. Yeah. But the fact that Fangs is also there with them is just like, oh, it, yes. It makes me smile. I it really does. If we went back and looked at data from a year ago, Fangs would not be. But, I there. think so. I think no, for real. And you can see that through the community as people go, am I just not getting this right? And people are like, have you looked at this? Have you tried this? Heck, have you listened to the KSP podcast where Ryan goes on and on about how amazing things are? Oh, please. Friends episode one, hashtag aggressive I think the community is helping each other learn how to play Fangs. And And you've seen that that. over the past year. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Yep, that's it. Ding, dong. (laughs) Very well said. Very well said. At the overall silver with... 13 points comes in. Base River! Base River. Wow, what a shot. We saw them all the time. Again and How again. How many times did we say, we even had the joke, like, oh look, it's River again. Do they actually count them? Eh, it's yes. almost as if they're a pretty sure. good spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And a low complexity spirit made yes. two. Overall, people at home, if overall. you're just playing this game and you're like, oh, I played River, I'll move on and play other spirits. No, River's still good. Seriously. You don't need to put that spirit aside. Overall, Silver with 13 for points. For the starting kit spirits. For like right. the first game type spirits. Right. And it's kind of funny. Like, what do they actually do? What is so specific? Because to have this amount of points means that you're going to have to you have must be a lot of something, right? appearances. Yeah. Or in addition to a lot of appearances, you have very direct counters. Okay, so you must have something that's really good. It's massive Oh, it's funny how doing two damage to each invader will just really carry. <laughs> Through every invader except one. <laughs> except one. <laughs> But still, no, Base River, I love the fact, in exact same agreement with what you just said, John, that we have a spirit that is, for a lot of people, their very first, maybe even like second spirit that ever played. My first love. And it's a spirit that they can take all the way to the max. And not just to the max on one adversary, but on all of them. Yes. Second place for the best. When in doubt, River. I've said that. I've also said when in doubt, river and earth, but half of that statement is yeah. being exemplified here. When in doubt, base Play river. river. I'm serious. Odds are you're going to win your game. Seriously. And at number one, uh, the oh. undisputed champion, Laura? the gold medalist with 19. 
13 counterpoints. River was 13. Laura? It is Bringer of Dreams and Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's Thunder, Thunder Speaker. No one is surprised. The no. undisputed goat. And yet, what do they actually do? How do they counter things? Well... So when you said Thunderspeaker, you mispronounced <laughs> manifestations of, of power, power and glory. Because that's why they're there. I'll say it. Oh, the places you'll go. Oh, the 60 when you damage you'll do. 80 damage. <laughs> Dear Eric, if you ever saw an art print of just that card blown up magnified. We would we frame it. it. We would frame it. Because Laura loves that card. It's hilarious how you don't really need to do a whole lot in your kit. But just... Oh, hey, you're not really good here or good there, but you can do 80 damage. Oh, okay, oh, never sorry. mind. Right what, this way. What did you say? Okay, what about this adversary? Well, you're not so good here or They have over extra there. health. Uh, not fear. so good. Oh, but I can do 60 damage. Oh, right oh. this way. <laughs> okay, well, what about that? Oh, well, they do adjacent builds and stuff. Uh, eh, no, I'm not really good against this. Oh, these people, they convert your to Oh, but I can do 70 damage. Oh, right this way. <laughs> VIP right here. <laughs> it's kind of like in Princess Bride when he goes up to the gatekeeper. And he's like, give us the gate key. Oh, I have no gate key. Fezzik, tear his arms off. Oh, you mean this gate key? <laughs> <laughs> I do love that scene on this one. Thunder Speaker shows up. I'm the undisputed goat. Are you really, though? Manifestation power. Like, oh, right this way. <laughs> yeah. You definitely are the goat. <laughs> nope. Oh, no deny. The places you'll go no when deny. you can just have outrageously big amounts of damage that can just kick the teeth in of literally anybody. If only they also had an innate that didn't care about extra health either. That right. just did destroy. <laughs> Wait a second. That just destroys things. This is pops towns and cities like it's nothing. <laughs> strong spirit. Yeah, incredibly strong spirit. Arguably the ultimate attacker. Yep. I mean, what can you really say? In the same way that Finder had ridiculous control, Downpour had ridiculous defense, but who can really stand up to just unrelenting torrents of undisputable damage? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, how can you just say, oh yeah, I did like 55 damage and <laughs> next buildings turn. Buildings having extra health doesn't matter when it's like nine <laughs> health worth of buildings against 60 damage. Yeah. Who Seriously, who like, it covers a multitude. And in this case, literally every single adversary, nobody can stand up to that. I can hear the person at home yelling in the back, but events, disease events can damage Dahan. So, yeah. quick tip, don't put your Dahan in lands with disease. There you go. Because disease can destroy the land that attacks yeah. the invaders and Dahan typically. Right. Since you're so mobile, don't go in a land with disease. But it was a good, like, 60% <laughs> of events do something with Dahan. Yeah. And if you're a Thunder Speaker, you're probably going to get hit with every single one of those bonuses. Yeah. Pretty much. Extra oh, you Dahan. have at least four Dahan amongst your lands. <laughs> Energy. Yeah. Reclaim cards. More <laughs> Dahan. Reclaiming cards that you forgot in the past. Sure, Just, why not? Why not? Oh, more energy. Oh, hey, look, Healing another plight. Dahan. I wonder who could take advantage of that. Uh. It's me. <laughs> but the thing ultimately that makes me the most happy with this is the fact that Thunderspeaker to me is the champion of the message of Spirit Island. Mm -hmm. They are the ones that are fighting the face of the colonialist threat the most directly. Yeah. Yeah. And if there was anyone, anyone who I would want to have number the one. ultimate yeah. number one, it's this. 
Mechanically, I love it. And somatically, I love it even more because they are taking the Dahan, rallying them against what is really happening The colonization. Here, yep. And taking it, no, this is our island. And it's the one where it's like, get off! And not just get off, but get off, pound your teeth in, get off. Not just, oh, slightly slap on the wrist. No, no they no, are going like to kick your teeth explosion. in. Right. We've talked in the past how Eric is probably smiling, knowing that so-and-so is doing well, that foreboding shadows helped out base shadows. Right. I hope, Eric, you are smiling, knowing that Thunderspeaker, like Ryan said, that this message of anti-colonialism is embodied in Thunderspeaker. The most. Is the most top voted spirits in all our polls. 19 points. 19 points. 19 counterpoints. And it's just so poetically fitting. fitting. So fitting. So fitting. love that. I cannot describe adequately just how much I love that. So that is your weighted top Five overall with one point missed came in. Yes, they, they got there. That's what matters. Starlight, Immense Lightning, Memory, and Bringer all had two points. At three points, Serpent, Keeper, and Fractured. At four points, Many Minds. At five points, Volcano, Stone, and Foreboding. Oof. At six points, Downpour. Seven points, Finder and Vengeance. Eight points, Lightning. At nine points, Green, Wildfire, Ocean. At ten points, Trickster. At 11 points, Lure and Fangs. At 13 points, Base River. Mm -hmm. And at 19 points, Thunderspeaker. Well done. Like I said, it was kind of fun to see how as the number of points increased, so did the directness of the spirit on how they counter. Like we have generically good people at the bottom and specifically good people at the top. Yeah. It is cool, too, that a lot of base game spirits made it high. I love that. Green, ocean, and that's river, thunderspeaker. And really important. If you have just the base game and you want to go up against any of these high-level adversaries and you don't even have a single promotional pack or you don't have a single expansion, you still have thunderspeaker. You still have river. Mm-hmm. You still have green. You still have ocean. These spirits got a ton yeah, of five. value yeah. from the community as far as like how the votes came in so you are always salient you always have access to a character that can do the work and do it well no matter who you're fighting but now let's go ahead and in the same way look at how many times each of these people showed up so this is actually really interesting to me the appearances how many times do they counter someone so stone many minds fractured starlight serpent immense lightning shifting memory Mist and Bringer all showed up one time. The biggest surprise to me was Starlight. We had talked about many yeah. times in our episodes. Like, right, shifting I, memory can be anything. That's fine. I didn't think Starlight was going to make it on here. I can see it, I but see I would have thought. I'm happy it did. I would have thought that that making any power fast mm, would be really good. Or kid. doing the whole do two damage in the growth phase, maybe. Good control, good defense. They can be anything. I thought Peace of the Nighttime it. Sky would be a lot more salient because yeah. it's like auto defense in the early game. Or which two lands. <laughs> against some adversaries is <laughs> What? Yeah. And so, yes, Miss showed up one time and got one point, so it was fifth place. That's <laughs> what that means. But hey, they showed up. Dude, Stone, only one appearance. Interesting. I've seen that actually surprised me. I've seen me. a lot of S or A tier yeah. on tier lists. Yep. Only one appearance. The next one is quite interesting with two appearances Vengeance, Keeper, and Foreboding Shadows. Wow. That's cool. So, Foreboding and Keeper in the same <laughs> With one or two appearances, 
from the people that we've described, in yeah. this case, two appearances. This means that people thought they only were a good counter two times, two times out, out of the seven. Out of seven, not the So best. generally speaking, this means that these characters eh, don't really counter too well, but they they're do. still good. Yeah. Keeper? Yeah. In the general sense, I'm still surprised that Keeper isn't someone that we saw a whole lot. I think everyone in this room said it's like Keeper's just good because rich, so yeah. they don't really directly right. counter anyone. Vengeance makes sense because they wallow in the blight so much, yeah. and some adversaries, you probably don't want that. Yeah. Now, of course, we talked about those adversaries and how we think that they can really be useful in a lot of those areas, but a lot of people still aren't comfortable with that kind of gameplay style, so that makes sense to me. That's look, fair. Look, I'm just happy that Shadows made it a once, let alone twice. Right. The adversaries that do something with Blight, Vengeance will appear really good with. Yeah. But the adversaries that don't really do a whole lot, eh, we never really saw Vengeance there. Vengeance doesn't come to people's minds as quickly. In Foreboding's case, I am so happy Dude, that they made they the showed top up. five. <laughs> they uh, showed up. 35 spirits. They showed up twice. Two times they showed up twice. They voted on worst spirit of all time. Right. And now... One in eight changes everything, right. apparently. And, hey, as <laughs> if this wasn't proof enough that Foreboding statistically is the favorite. Uh, I feel it. It's amazing what one moon can do. It's amazing. <laughs> what could one moon do for you? Yeah, so. exactly. With three appearances, we have a lot of peeps. Now we're getting to almost halfway. Downpour, Finder, Ocean, Trickster, mm. Volcano, oh. Wildfire, and Green. Dude, what a strong list. I'm surprised that Downpour and Green are on the same level as Trickster and Volcano. Good point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Green? Really? I think Green would appear on more. Three appearances. Yeah. This means that, according to the votes, four out of the adversaries they didn't show up on Three, they did. Yeah. This means that generally less than half they are actually good against. Weird. Interesting. Because so it's... that means usually don't pick them. But what? But it's almost unanimously green? that green is the best, best? spirit in the yeah. game. <laughs> when in doubt, green. When in <laughs> green, you want to grow green. Yeah. So it was interesting to see green only three times. Yeah. Yet they had so many points that that was good placement. I think for, them. for Ocean's case, like we've said, Jagger just kind of put the yeah. nerf gun yeah. on Ocean yeah. a little bit. Base game, Ocean was just, just reigning supreme. Wrecking. And then a new league showed up, and oh. oh. Tisk, tisk. Light the ocean, explore, swim back, back town, yeah. swim back. Town, swim back when you try to drown him with Habsburg. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so it's a little Ironically, Scotland can help you there, though, because they can blight your ocean. Hey, right? ah, you, did this. <laughs> you did this to yourself. You did this. Downpour of showing up three times. I would have thought that more? we would have seen them more yeah. personally, but I guess it makes sense. Three appearances... But that's middle of the pack. I'm honestly not that's surprised fair. with Finder only three, because again, high complexity, yeah. difficult yep. spirit. Sure. Trickster, I think that's a compliment to show up yeah. this many times because they're just so random. Literally RNG spirit. Right. So three times Let's see what compared happens. to green? What? Weird. Wildfire? Hey, let's not forget let's they do have infinite damage. Yeah. That does have a lot of Firestorm, value. Firestorm. Right. Right. Really good. Now, like we said in Thunderspeaker's case, when is the difference between infinite damage versus 75 damage really that big of a deal? Because if you had 75 damage, that's probably going to cover literally any problem you might have. Twice over. So, like, the difference of, oh, when is 75 damage not enough? You're so right. you needed to go to infinite right, instead. Like, right, right. eh, not the yeah. most crucial, but still, infinite damage is still infinite damage. It's pretty nice. Oh, it's extremely good. And I think Volcano, almost generic 
in a way. Right. Splash damage Splash is pretty is useful. Great. And, right. and against the Blight Peeps. Can use Major. Right. That can bring itself back. Like, Habsburg I think. Habsburg is considered one of the big new kids sure, on the block. Exactly. And, and Volcano is just like, hey, Blight, yeah, bam. But I totally Hello. see Volcano only getting three. Yeah. Honestly. That's totally fair for yeah. me. Yep. I'm not surprised to see Wildfire here. I'm like, hey, cool. Volcano and Trixia are here. Sure. Ocean's here. Finder's here. Yeah, I would agree. I'm mildly, mildly surprised by Downpour, but I'm okay with it. But it's Ocean and Green that I'm like, really? With how much Ocean is touted? Yeah. But especially Green. But whatever. That's fine. More on that in a bit. Ooh. The next batch of people showed up four times. Okay. So now we're past the halfway point. Over halfway. So more than half of the adversaries, these three did very good against. Once again, Lure and Fangs. Sharing. Sharing the same tier. They even shared the same points at four wow. appearances. Wow. They are loving Fangs. I'm so happy about that. Yeah. I'm so happy, Ryan. And Base Lightning joins them with four as well. Another kind of got nerfed a little bit with Jagged Earth because Russia kind of sucks right. and Habsburg kind of sucks for Lightning. But look at that grouping of three. Lure, Fangs, and Base Lightning. Lightning. What an interesting trio. Yeah. Like, no, seriously, they're all very different. One's super offensive, one's more control focused, one's more fear and offense. Right. But I mean, they all have offense, they all have some true. form of control, they but all in have, different ways. That's a good point, Ryan. They all have, like, multiple fingers and pies. Maybe that's why yeah. they are able to counter and multiple And varying amounts of fear. In fear Lightning's good. case, it's more because they're just killing people. But still fear. Right. <laughs> and Harbingers of Lightning is still good, but it's yeah. Base Lightning that made it this far. And Base Lightning can't use that card as well as... Without Pandemonium. Right. Mm. Pandemonium can. But still, four... Four appearances, base lightning, fangs, or lure. If you're going up against a max level adversary, those are three that are a really good pick. And then with five appearances, wow. I'm totally okay with this development. Okay. River and Thunderspeaker both showed up. They shared. Five times. Wow. It's almost as if they're really good. Really? really good. But I didn't think they would share. I don't know. I thought Thunderspeaker yeah. would have got yep. just dominated. Dominated. Hey, but- like we said, if you had a ton of counterpoints you're probably going to have a lot of appearances also. I'm also happy that No Spirit was countering all seven. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, because that's just too easy. It's not the instant win. Like, Keeper yeah. didn't show up on here, like, countering all seven. I'm right. happy that when we talk about meta and how we don't really like meta, you have to play this one thing to win. Yeah. There isn't that with Spirit Island. I'm okay with there being a meta so long as it's not vindictively enforced. Okay. You know what I mean? And it's not the only way to win. Right. Or it's enforced with a very negatively opinionated demeanor you yeah. know what i mean yeah like oh you're not playing them oh you're stupid you shouldn't yeah, be doing that what? don't even bother like it should you're not be gonna win oh like this is the meta character but you're playing them hey cool good for you you I want think to john's point you can win with almost any spirit yeah. as long as you against someone so there really isn't someone. a meta of like you can only win if right. you're playing this spirit under these conditions right i've won one of the level reasons... six with shadows yeah we went up against Sweden with Finder and Mist. Yeah. One of the reasons why we wanted to do that was to make it clear that you can beat adversaries even if you're not a counterpick. Yeah. Just like Lightning and Earth against England 6. That's yeah, what we did. Honestly. Yeah. Now, I'm very happy with this next little fun fact here because I thought that this was actually really cool. Unlike the bottom five, the top five has a little offshoot sibling, the honorable mentions. Mm. How does the honorable mentions affect things a little bit? So How, we didn't what? give them points because no, they didn't make a top because, five. Right, that's not a top five. Yeah. But here are some interesting truths, though. Keeper and Green appeared the most 
in the honorable mention category with three appearances. This feels to me like these are always good spirits. Maybe right. they're not exactly countering Habsburg, right. but if they're on your team, you're not mad about it. So when you combine both top five and honorable mention, Keeper showed up twice in the top five, but three times in the honorable mention. So if you combine both top five and honorable mention and you label that combination of two lists as, oh, these are just pretty good, decent characters against this adversary... Keeper showed up five times. Yep. Green showed up six times. Whoa. Like, that is a ton. In line of that, River and Green lead the spirits, featuring in six out of the seven adversaries when you include both Honorable Mention and the top five. Wow. That totally makes sense. And for me, that makes me feel better because that is justice for Green. Yeah. So River, I get. Totally. 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 It's but, everyone but England. <laughs> right. We were talking about how silly the last statistics sounded in Green's case because like, whoa, 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 whoa. They are way more famous and way more known to be useful. Than a trickster. Than the same tier as Volcano and like, Finer and, and Downpour with only trickster? three appearances? Yeah. Well, when you consider the honorable mentions as well, They're they show the up. spirits. Yeah. Six out of the seven times. Yep. yep. Six out of seven. If that doesn't convey to you that they are a spirit that is just phenomenal against high-level adversaries, that is the statistic that brings it home. Yep. Oh, look. River and Green. Base game game characters. Once again. Good against six out of the seven adversaries. Six out of the seven. So... Who never made it onto a top five? We're back to the sad. (laughs) sad for people. Actually, not a whole lot. Okay, that's good. So, base earth, resilience earth, and might earth. More mad about that one. That one surprises me. Earth and all of their aspects never made it on any of the top fives. That's wrong. No, I'm okay with base earth. I get it. Because we're talking about who is the top five. Yes, out of 35. So you would have had to either beat or tie 30 other spirits. It's hard to do. In order to get there. And that's not going to be easy to do against adversaries at their maximum. So I'm okay with that. Resilience Earth, maybe I thought I would have seen against Russia. So Resilience Earth like sunshine. It's the forgotten aspect that <laughs> people just don't play. Right. It's like, oh, we don't play it. I guess that's cool. Yeah. Like when our fun five, no one voted for it. Right. The only one that no one voted for. So it's like... Resilience. I still like that I one. know you like yep. resilience. And I honestly like being in games with resilience. You don't play. Yeah. But it is like less interesting. Okay. Right. But then Might Earth. Dude. Now that's what surprises me. Might Earth is Earth on steroids. I freaking love Might Earth. Might Earth is ridiculous. So that's who strong. beat England 6. Difficulty 11. That's who got us our Terror 1 victory was Might Earth. Yeah. But like we said before, they still would have had to have beaten or tie 30 other peeps yeah. in order to get there. And the aspects aren't as played. So I would say, yeah, give the aspects of Earth another go. Yeah. So that's Earth who never made it onto a top five. But base shadows, madness shadows, amorphous and reach shadows never mm. made it either. Base, so the we can just only go past. version of shadows that made it into the Mile High Club was foreboding nicely done as i said before if that doesn't convey to you what our voters thought as which one truly has the best countering potential remember this isn't basic brawn that we're talking about Mm -hmm. here we're talking about countering so might earth let's remind ourselves we're not talking about basic strength and basic capabilities in general but rather how good are they at countering 
So base, yeah, what can you really say? Base shadows, yep. We yep. Know. Madness. You know, the strife could have been pretty good against specific peeps like Sweden. Sweden France. France yeah. would have been good, but you know, I can see it. That's fine. Reach, that one, yeah. That's just a better version of base. Of base shadows. You just don't have that's to pay like for the it new now. normal. Yeah. yeah. So I'm okay with that one. That one doesn't bother me. Mm. The only one that bothers me the most would probably be Amorphous. Dude, Amorphous is strong. Amorphous is good. Can we keep good. saying that? Seriously. Amorphous is strong. I mean, I you don't love Amorphous. You're so mobile. Zero range yes. cards. Range restrictions. You don't have to worry Move about your hunt. cards' legalities anymore. Exactly. Seriously. And you have a good starting hand. I've touted. You get eight fear in your starting hand. You have a good starting hand with shadows and now you're so mobile amorphous is strong you can even matrix dodge you can matrix dodge you don't die to blades and now you're not <laughs> right. losing your presence what's it doing all the time with base <laughs> shadows sure it's not as efficient as mist with their matrix dodge exactly. but still you can matrix dodge you can still like, do it right you can still do it so not the worst but those are the peeps that never made it onto a top five earth and all of their aspects and then shadows and all their aspects except Foreboding. With these seven versions of Earth and Shadows, I would say, listeners, just try out the aspects again. Try out Amorphous, like we're saying. Yeah. Even Madness. Right. Resilience, give it a go. Might. Play <laughs> Might a couple times. You'll Seriously. Have fun. Like, give these aspects mm-hmm. another go. They're strong. Here's an interesting statistic. Spirits who made it on both, both bottom five and top five. In the same, right, in the, the same, same adversary. adversary. So the one where we had divisive opinions, and this just makes me laugh for a lot of them. Like, what? And so Sometimes I just love the internet. I know, sometimes I do. But what the heck? This first one, wildfire against Habsburg. I'm so confused. What? Habsburg? The heck? The blight weakens the town. Are you kidding you me? Need the blight. Wildfire's like Laura, the what's best going on? Encountering Habsburg. You don't like wildfire? Tell me, what are people thinking? Okay, that's what they're thinking. <laughs> I honestly, when I think about this, this is just like one of those moments where it's like, what are you thinking? What? What, what is wrong with you? They directly counter The only explanation I'll take, the one credible explanation I'll take is just misunderstanding the spirit. Misunderstanding the spirit. Because it's like, hello, this is like the best (laughs) counter ever. (laughs) Some people saw it. That's why they made it onto the top five. But still, like, are you kidding me? Yeah, that was, that might be the most shocking. To me, that's the most drastic. What are you thinking? (laughs) Wildfire for Habsburg? That's like saying scissors doesn't counter paper. (laughs) Like, what are you thinking? It directly counters it. Some of us don't think these things are. Well, whatever, that's fine. It gets a laugh. Play Wildfire again. It's on the Steam version. Like I said, like I said, it's just a misunderstanding, I think. Because the only credible thing is just the blight and the mismanagement of it. Sure, if you mismanage it. You have your right innate heal. But here's the the thing even if you do mismanage, if you mismanage against Habsburg, that means that they're not getting their bonus health anymore. Which is kind of a good thing. (laughs) Which is a great thing. Which means asphyxiating smoke can just go ham. Ugh. That's okay. okay. All right. Next. <laughs> Compose in, thyself. In Brandenburg's case, Serpent being on the bottom five and an honorable mention. So people forgot about the area. Elemental ages. Yeah, the yeah. area effect defense. Hey, this that one just makes people's sense. minds. I mean, it's a simple understanding. They be slow. Brandenburg be fast. Yeah, but I mean, so so (laughs) it's not the best. Yes, I understand the allure of wanting to get to a crazy late game if your character is capable of it. Yeah. But you are not a great character exclusively at 
your late game. Ding, ding, ding. Serpent is strong as a supportive slumbering spirit. Mm-hmm. People need to know that. You don't need to get to 17 energy to be playable. 17. You don't. Fighting 17. Dude, I love... Oh, it's great. I you love Serpent with Shadows. There. They get, like, extra card plays, extra elements. Serpent hey, is so good as a supportive character. Extra presence extra placement. Extra presence placement. <laughs> Getting majors that you don't have to forget extra anything Extra energy. For. Extra energy. <laughs> Serpent's strong. These are good things, by is the it? way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, splash defense? Oh, Who has that? Good fear, good damage? Seriously. Yeah, Mobility? So. Yeah. Against Brandenburg, I see it. But, like I said, Give it's it just kind of funny. Honestly, Give it a try go. it. I Give think it you'll go. be surprised. Yeah. yeah. This one makes me laugh. Laura, you can attest to this. Laura? Yes? In Scotland's case, Ocean <gasps> being both on the bottom and top five. Oh, what do you oh, think, wait Laura? Wait a minute. Doesn't Scotland go on the coast? But they blight the ocean. But they blight the ocean. Like, it probably depends on how good you are with ocean and managing the tides. Because mm, you can either get caught. Yeah, I can see it. And yeah. be like, oh, no, I'm screwed. And I can't. if you don't set it up right, you can't do anything. Yeah. yeah. And it's so frustrating to sit there going, I can drown a city, but I'm not on a darn city. Yeah. And now I'm getting blighted on. Yeah. And like we said in Scotland's analysis, it's the duality of two existing truths. At the end of the day, you have an adversary that really goes ham on the coast, and your ability to kill people on the coast is very good against such an adversary. It's your thing. Yes, Scotland has the capacity to go inland, but so do you, and you've always had that capacity. Be careful with that level five, because it'll gut you like a fish with bilge water if you're not ready for it. Yeah. I feel like, Ryan, when you were saying playing with bringers like a nice edge, and sometimes things aren't doable, but you can still win with ocean. Like Laura's saying, if you are on the inland and on the yeah. ocean, that blight doesn't matter. You can move back in tide. That blight doesn't kill you. Yeah. So it's a dance. It's razor's edge, but it's still winnable. Yep. The last one is the one that makes, for me, the most sense. Okay. In England's case, it was Bringer, mm. who was both bottom and top. Yeah. I definitely see it. They don't destroy, so that loss condition's difficult, but right. England adds extra fear that you have to earn, and Bringer's the best in fear. Yeah. But when England has extra fear that you have to generate, who better to counter that kind of effect yeah. than bringer who can use all these extra buildings and maybe find a briny deep or a jungle hunger bam tons of fear tons of fear they're not leaving so hopefully you can move things around and keep it under seven buildings razor's edge again it is razor's edge it's always been razor's edge especially that one makes sense yeah we were talking earlier about how certain spirits we thought we were gonna see Throughout this adversary series, we wanted to get the opinions of all the community yeah. players out there to figure out who is the best and worst. And honestly, we had some expectations. Oh, you're right. We have our own opinions. And right. we talk behind the scenes like, oh, this spirit's probably going to make it. They're so good. We oh, played yeah. games. Totally. They, they wreck. Yeah, we would like play a little game. Oh, they're totally there. Oh, yeah, oh, definitely. Man. They're definitely going to show up against and this episode. And I think this character will show up. Oh, yeah. And some people never did. And <laughs> so we talked earlier. In Russia's case, I was shocked to not see Resilience Earth there. Laura, we played our win against Russia. You played Resilience Earth, and we won because of that because our beasts weren't leaving. I did, and maybe that's why I still like them. I think yeah. so. Maybe shocked isn't the best word for me, but you get the idea. I was confused that I never saw any high Taylor hoof mark of Resilience Bl- Earth in the top five Blight for kills Russia. beasts. Resilience stops Blight. Blight. Yeah. I thought the two plus two would have yeah. worked there. Okay. In Hasberg's case, green not being in the top five. Oh, their loss condition is if so much damage goes through on the Ravage, then, you know, 
it goes on that right. card or if whatever. If they hit you too hard too many times, you lose. But what if you never ravage? What if you never ravage? Oh, huh, what can green do so well? Stop, Stop ravage. ravage. <laughs> no, I mean, there's still truth to it. I mean, Habsburg punishes you if the land is doing too good. That makes sense. I don't need for a green to get, you know, bronze medal, One. silver medal, sure. or gold medal, gold. or something like that, but just not anything. I don't know. They stop ravaging. I could have seen them there. Yeah. In Brandenburg's case, Serpent not being in the top five, they made an honorable mention. They made an honorable mention. And we kind of already talked about how yeah. Serpent's good. Yeah, but that was another one. For Sweden's case, I honestly thought that Starlight would have been there. Oh, because you mentioned Peace in the Nighttime Sky. Peace in the Nighttime Sky. I thought was going to go great. Oh, yeah. Stopping two ravages, potentially? Yeah. In one turn? It's great. Also, you have a great defense in eight. Dude, that Earth in eight, I like. A lot of my builds when I play Starlight has a lot and of And you're Earth. mobile. You can get there quick. And in you the can same way, in like, multiple places. It's almost reminiscent of many mines. Like, you can move quick and you can defend well. Yeah. Maybe not to the same degree, but you get the idea. Once again, I thought we would see Resilience Earth there. They stop Blight! It right. takes so much damage to get through to Blight. I mean, I guess I can see the whole, oh, they overwhelm your capacity, but you're a major spirit. Yeah. You have one of the best major capabilities in the game. Right. Find something cool, go ham. And you have this helping you in the background. But, you know, it's not the end of the yeah, world, so but still, I thought I would have saw him there. Against France, I thought we were going to see Keeper. Dude, they were shipped with the box. Right. <laughs> they came with branch and cloth. Seriously, all the wilds and that's, the damage? That's what France does. They send out multiple explorers. Oh, wait, they can't because there's they wilds. Can't. There's a wilds token there. Not being there? Yeah. Huh. How about that? How about Downpour? Speaking of isolation. With isolation? Hello. Speaking of stopping exploration. Play Foundation Sink in the Mud twice, every town gone. Oh, oh, what? What? <laughs> Like, I don't know. I thought I would have saw them there. That's what I was expecting. Dude, we said, we thought we were going to see Downpour more. Right. Hey, if we did vote in these things, maybe they would have. Oh, I would have voted for Downpour. (laughs) I would have voted for Downpour. In Scotland's case, eh, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> How many people were in our top five in Scotland? Half of the entire roster is in the top five. Well, we had 13 <laughs> people up there. <laughs> and you make the top five. And you, you make, make the, the top, top five. five. <laughs> sure, why not? Brazilians are... No, sorry, guy. So, yeah, in Scotland's case, uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel it. Mostly everyone made it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> In England's case, I really thought that both Wildfire or Vengeance would have been there. High offensive spirits. Some of the strongest offensive spirits in the game. Destroy all invaders. Infinite damage. Vengeance. Stops builds. And stops ravages, too. And stops ravages. Which can really be helpful. Yeah, and stops builds. And very offensive. Yeah, that was very surprising. So, I would have thought that I would have seen them there. Like I said, I don't need for them to be the gold medals or even silver or heck even bronze. But just, They were snubbed. I really still think that wildfire is good against England. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. That's just me. There were a few surprises, though. They were like, really? Okay. In Russia's case, I was really surprised to see Trickster in the bottom five. Don't they spawn beasts? They spawn beasts. What's that one card called? Unexpected tigers? Tigers? (laughs) (laughs) Leave me me behind. Anyway. (laughs) It's been a while. Uh, season one finale. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun joke. But yeah, like it's actually pretty decent. So I could hear the argument they're not one of the best spirits against Russia. Fine. I don't think right. they're one of the worst. They're one of four spirits in this game that can spawn beasts. They're and not in the bottom five. actually use them. Not just spawn them, and but use them. them. And utilize With, them. Why don't you on them fight? Yeah. But then you can strife all those extra damage explorers. And adjacently strife them. Right. Like I said, I don't need for them to be in the top no, five. No, I honestly didn't. They could be fine in the middle, not in the or bottom. Or even an honorable mention. But they're in the bottom five. Don't see it. Don't see it, guy. Nope. How about that? 
In Habsburg's case, <laughs> oh my word. Still makes me laugh. Wildfire in the bottom five. Scrolling down too far on the page. Did they think they were voting in the top five? They had to be it. What? They went too far down on the page. What? <laughs> Utter confusion. Yeah. I mean, I am in disbelief with that one. Wildfire, they are like the best counter to them. You that said they're the best. These yeah. scissors to the paper. Yeah. They wiped the floor with them. I cleared my board and turned three, four. I mean, it was a bloodbath. So this is what this podcast is for. What the heck, we're edu- guys? We're educating people. We're, we're bringing the community in. Come around the fire. Come around Try the fire. Yes, yes. Spreading awareness. Is no, it's the just... Truth? No. I mean, I wish you could have seen how fast oh, we countered it. It was, it was insane. Clinic. Yeah, it has way, to be the misunderstanding. It wasn't just your board. Welfare. You were taking on my invaders, too. Because yes. I was River. I'm like, here you go, yes. buddy. <laughs> so, I mean, like I said, it's just, I'm guessing the general zeitgeist of people warming up to the spear. Like, okay, that's how they work. Okay, that's how they work. In Habsburg's case, I think the tone of this specific argument is, hey, Habsburg already adds blight. Why add more? And why add more? Because that's what wildfire does. And if you're adding more, then we're going to probably get wrecked. But here's the thing. You can get there first Mm -hmm. very easy. And Mm -hmm. if you get there first, they did. And even if you didn't, you can clean blight so easy. The number one most consistent blight remover in the game. Basically turn three on your Seriously, from turn three onwards... You can do it once every single turn. Yeah. And even if Downpour can come in and repeat a Blight Removal card in one turn and remove four or five, overall, Wildfire still probably beat you. Probably. And because Wildfire is there, they start with two extra Blight on the field. If you heal that Blight, you now have two plus Blight on your Blight Threshold. Come on! So if you're one of those people, like, hey, I actually voted for, you know, Wildfire in the bottom five. I didn't think they would be good. When I listen to things where I'm hearing other podcasts or I'm watching a video because mm-hmm. I watch Smash Bros stuff, I'm like, oh, this hypes me when I hear someone talking about a character I forgot about. Yes, jokes aside, I'm not actually, like, pissed. No, 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 no. It's no. just so dramatic of a thing. But I'm saying, like, if you're hearing this, go try it. No, seriously. Go, it's a fun time. Yep. When I hear things being talked about, it hypes me up, wants me to play it. Hearing Ryan talk about Habsburg versus Wildfire makes me want to play Wildfire right now. Mm. It really does. It's so fun to play. Watching that game, I literally have vivid memories of just Ryan cleaning house and be like, okay, I guess I'll sprout to the rest of the island. I didn't know what My to tile do. was fine. I had nothing to do. John was like, here, I'll send you some talents. I'm like, sure, I got nothing else to do. Blow those <laughs> up too. Seriously, if you were one of these people, just maybe not even voted or just like have an apprehension like Laura does to Wildfire, play mm-hmm. it. Play this spirit. Use the errata. Use the extra blight on the card. Play this spirit. Use the Badlands and Jagged Earth. This is a fun offensive spirit how do you do it quick tip not gonna go in depth here yeah but get your first fire element from both your energy track and your card play track pull one from both because then you'll have two fire every single time and that means you only need one plant and two fire from your hand which is ridiculously easy and that's all you need in order to go and trigger it because literally every single one of your cards that you start with gives you fire Mm -hmm. and Three of them have plant. Once you have those first two elements from the first point on your energy and your card play track, you will quickly realize, hey, since I need just two fire and one plant to remove a blight and four of my cards, have fire. Way, you start with four and all four of them have fire and three of them have plant. You only just need to play one of them in order to get that. That is why it's so ridiculously easy. Yeah. 
So, anyway, pick your moments. Still be smart with it. It's not dummy proof. I love that little <laughs> sneak peek to spirit analysis. That was yeah. good. Well, nice I'll, breakdown there. But, I mean, it's like a, hey, at least I'll leave you with the yeah. tip that's helpful. Yeah. Very helpful. In Brandenburg's case... Shifting memory being in the bottom five. Wow. Interesting. I thought they're like a really good major spirit. The fact that this spirit can pull a major turn one and just go ham is actually really good against an adversary that moves very quick against you. I only wish that memory could gain nine energy from a growth option so they can then play that major wait a second. <laughs> hey, it's not the most direct thing, I'll grant, but like I said. like not a bottom five. A bottom five? Not huh. from memory, no. There are a plethora of people who didn't make it on either who I could have seen make the bottom five exactly. in Brandenburg's case. Yeah. But, you know, hey, whatever. Yeah, which is my opinion. In Sweden's case, wildfire in the bottom five. I don't think it's as egregious. Okay. But the thing is, is Sweden is anti-Dahan. You don't really care about that. Nope. You can remove Blight out the wazoo. They're anti-defense. You don't have none. You can pop those towns easy with like asphyxiating that. smoke. And yeah, all you got to do is just jump around killing everything and you're quick enough to do it. Yep. Sure, I get the emotion. Hey, they blight. double Blight if I'm adding it. Whatever. But same as before, Heal but just blight. not as drastic. Yep. Because at least in Hasburg's case, they literally get easier if they're blighted. Not necessarily the same with Sweden, but still wildfire can just like clear a board by like turn four yeah. or five Against in the same way that lure or fangs can. Ooh, I got to talk about France for this one. This one might be mine. <laughs> I don't know if everyone... This is where John gets mad. <laughs> <laughs> so Finder showed up in the bottom five. Like we've been saying, maybe Finder's not the best against France, but I don't think they're in the bottom five because right. they have fast control, which mm-hmm. is what we talked about. Very good. So you don't allow them to build up. And isolation is so strong against France. Seriously? Like we talked about wilds or downpour. If you stop France from exploring, those double explorers don't then turn into towns and then those mm-hmm. towns aren't a loss condition. Right. Finder... Oh, sorry. Okay, I got going down. <laughs> Finder is not a bottom five spirit. You can make it work, and you can go for yeah. a damaging major and then win. There right. you go. No, for realsies. Yeah. And you can make the Dahan Do work for you because yeah. they have the Slave Revolt in mm-hmm. their event card. Yeah. And, oh, hey, I know that Dahan are going to be really useful in I move, two turns. If only I can move Dahan with ease. <laughs> Across the map in Teleport large them. numbers. <laughs> so Yeah, not know. a bottom five spirit in my opinion. And like I said, I don't need to see them in the top five or something, but like, bottom five? Yeah, let's rethink that. You know, in Scotland's case, Lure being in the bottom five. I understand that the matchup isn't ideal, the but Lure thing. is so good at breaking down things and gathering them that I don't see this as a second worst spirit matchup. Because they got pretty bad. Oh, we got Sure, we place. all know the matchup here. Oh, Scotland goes to the coast. You can't grow there. You can't go there. You can't dwell there. You can't dwell there. But guess what? Your best power can. <laughs> and they also go inland and you can stop them there. It's really not the worst. Break sure, them down. it's not Bring the best. In. I get it. But you can still it's do winnable. really well. Yeah. So, I don't know. In Scotland's case, I really didn't think we would see lure in the bottom five. I understand it, but it's not that bad. No. In England's case, Nightmare being in the bottom five. We talked about this. Yeah, one of the best sphere spirits in the game and can use Dahans to get buildings off the board. You have a good defensive card. Right. We talked about Dread Aberrations. Right. Sure, I'm not saying that it's not something that you couldn't build your skill level up to to use it well. Yeah. But still, like, it's doable. I've like. seen people say you have to bring Bringer to an England game yeah. to win because you mm-hmm. need that much fear. So I was a little surprised as well. Here's a question. In your opinion, who has the worst 
matchup in the game. Because we see all the time people talking about the best matchup. The counter the pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious what you thought was the best also. But really quick, who do you think was the worst matchup? Ooh, my worst, again, as a River Main, I have struggled so hard. Because I've tried River solo against like max level adversaries. Yeah. I can't do it against England, Ryan. Not England. Uh, I can't That's do it. That's where your downfall is? So England, you no, have... No, I see it. You it have makes sense. adjacency builds. And it just stomps all over River because you're moving people around you're clearing empty lands but then there's still two buildings adjacent so England doesn't care and still builds no the control is just useless control is useless okay and then extra fear river doesn't generate fear Mm -mm. no cart Mm -mm. you need to destroy things to generate fear for river so you're gonna get double immigration builds and then the peak the worst thing, massive flooding does two damage to every invader. Does nothing. Does nothing to England. The only thing that it does is kill explorers who, who England does who not cares? give it, two hoots about. It tickles England. They still build. They're still and there. And that's the thing. You massive lose. flooding usually Rex. carries Rex. River into such high oh, difficulties. It's and it's so easy to yeah. obtain. You're starting right. hand. You're starting hand can do it. it. Right. Max level. Right. England and here, care. they do not care. It pains they me because I love care. River. It's so yeah. fun for me. I like controlling. I like manipulating the board. I like benefiting others and being supportive. England just stomps yeah. all over my fun. No, seriously. For me, honestly, I would probably have to say, and hear me out. Okay. Base Shadows, I know, <laughs> against Russia. Interesting. Now, I'm not picking on Base Shadows to just, like, kick the kid who's down. Okay. I'm saying look at how Russia counters Shadows. Mm. Because Shadows is a spirit who likes to go and manipulate and destroy explorers. Nice. But the thing is, is it's very hard for you to do that since that's your innate. Well, the thing is, is getting your innate to high levels of being triggered isn't uh, possible (laughs) doesn't really ever happen but when you gather too many explorers into a spot they will now ravage in a land that has at least three or more explorers in it which is really easy to do so you don't want to control explorers too well but then even when you do kill them one one of them survives and he still survives so it's like your claim to fame of being anti-explorers and all that good but guess what You can get fear from explorers. Right. And Shadows is one of three people in the entire game who gets fear for killing explorers. That's not a normal thing. Very cool. Only Lure, Fangs, and Shadows does that. But Shadows does it the best. But Russia has this gimmick built in where that happens anyway. If you would kill an explorer and they move and they run away, you generate a fear. So now lightning can do it. (laughs) So now anyone Anyone can do it. What made you special isn't really unique Mm. anymore because now everyone does it. And the one thing you could do isn't really good anymore. And if you controlled them too well, they now attack you. You have nothing to do with beasts. Can you generate them? You can't even protect yourself. You can only protect a Han, not the beasts. The land will still blight. Killing the beasts. And even if you do grab fear, that means their bombs go off sooner. Oh, no. So, like, Uh, and you're not a fast-growing spirit, so those bombs aren't so good in the early game. So the thing about Russia's bombs is that they're going to hurt you no matter when they go off. And so you can make the argument that the earlier they go off, the better. But Mm. just you can see what I mean. I am positive that base shadows will perform not very well against so many adversaries. But this one, to me, feels the most offensive because it's so direct. Like, what made you special, Shadows? Uh Uh-uh. 
You're not good against explorers now that they can survive it. One of your only claims to fame with the whole, oh, at least I can generate fear when I kill them. Yeah, now everyone can do it. Every character can. Oh, hey, and guess what happens when you downgrade a town into an explorer? Uh Uh-oh, you just upgraded the guy. To an unkillable town. Because now he can't die. And And he he has the exact same damage. If only you could defend. Oh, but you can't defend. No. At least you can die. (laughs) (laughs) We all die together. Uh, We all float down here. And so Crops Wither and Fade now looks like, Mm. ah, sure city against town. Not bad. Not bad. But guess what? You're wasting time on buildings when it's the explorers you need to be worrying about. And you just can't. (laughs) Sure, Lure broke them down also and even spawned more explorers, but, but they can ignore them. can ignore them. There sure, you're only getting one explorer when you do it on a town, but you can't ignore them. Yeah. It's so tough. you it's upgrade the bad guys. You can't stop their beast attacks. Then what made you special isn't special anymore because anyone can do it. And the one thing that you could do, you can't even do as well as you can. And even if you did it too well, now they attack you more times if you did it too well. Not great, Bob. Not, not great. Not so for me, that is why I personally think Bay Shadows against Rush is probably the worst. Okay. Laura? Laura, what would you think? Oof. I've given it a lot of thought, just like with who I really enjoy playing with and who I don't. And I would have to say any of the adversaries, level eight or above, versus me. <laughs> Laura! I don't like hard games. Laura! So just Laura against difficulty 10. <laughs> or, or 8 or 9. It's <laughs> grumpy. This is a jab to me because I only like playing level 10 games. <laughs> Opposites attract. It's the long year of COVID, baby. Who are you playing this time? <laughs> Double adversaries. Extra board tile. Let's have fun. No, I am enjoying more playing other adversaries. I don't I think a number of spirits I like playing. I just like playing them regardless of who I'm playing against, just because I like yeah. to play them. No, so, hey, that's fair. And like, totally I don't fair. know who's worse against whom, just because I'm like, if I feel like defending that day, I'll play stone. I don't care who I'm against. No, that's fair. That's so, totally fair. Every quotations on the defending. <laughs> wow, rude. <laughs> just that stone doesn't defend. Yeah. Well, oh, really? I mean, a no, we're joking. Bit. We're joking. Yeah, a little jerks. bit. Laura, I think to your point, ignorance can be bliss. If you don't know this is a bad matchup, and you're just playing, and you're like, I'm still having a good time. Oh, and hey, we won. Isn't that what's important? Just having yeah. a fun time? Yeah. So I, I actually see a lot of credence to what you just said there. And I feel like whenever we play a really, really hard game anyway, like if you have somebody who knows strategy and maybe you're not as good at strategy, that's where the communication and the teamwork comes in because John's really good at seeing all the things and I'm just seeing where can I explode stuff. Right. And, and seeing Ryan play spirits that. has been cool. Yeah. I've seen you go on Reddit or BGG and just give quick tips, and that's been really cool. Like mm. our one Vengeance game, Laura, you're just like, oh, I want to see how this spirit plays, and yeah. you can learn from other people. So that's been really fun. Mm. Aw, thanks, Ben. I'm curious, John. Who is, in your opinion, the best matchup in the game? Max level, one character. Oh, Who is it? Oh, it's between two for me. It would be a coin flip. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So Stone and Hapsburg, right, is oh. like legendary at this point. Yeah. Stone. When Blight is removed from the card, and then Stone's like, <laughs> box. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> but then Lure, like it's we mentioned, such a good counter. Yeah. like you said, when there's three explorers in the land, they ravage and they Blight and they kill a beast, and then Lure's just like, I ignore them, I add beasts. Oh, I don't... Lure against Russia, Russia is so, so good. So you're making me pick, and that's kind of yeah. tough. So I'm going to have to say Wildfire Brand for Prussia. Whoa. 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 Whoa.
<laughs> fastest wow. attacker in the game, fastest adversary. Dude, we crushed. Yeah, we did. Brandberg Prussia at level 2. I we know did. Green was in the game. You were doing a lot. Right. And I'm seeing it in the community. Wildfire is becoming more and more distrong in my mind. And yeah. it's honestly moving up the tiers mm-hmm. for me. Wildfire against Brandberg Prussia, whenever I play, whenever I see you play that matchup, it's a cakewalk. Yeah. And the thing that's so funny was Brandenburg moves so fast against you. And yet Wildfire's like, where are you going, fam? I go there too. Them. You just chase them. You keep running Dude, after them, burning won, them a plenty. We won in the growth phase. Yes. <laughs> against Brandenburg <laughs> with you just growing. Yes. Dude, Wildfire against Brandenburg wow. is just like a big counterpick. Yeah. And it's not as like obvious. Maybe that's why I like it because yeah. maybe you still have to work, but it's just such a fun game. Yeah. You know, if I had to think about which is, in my opinion, the best matchup in the game. Yeah. You were talking about Lure versus Russia. I really feel as if that's probably the most famous. It is. And the reason why I think it's the most famous is because it's the easiest one to see on paper. Mm. Think about it. If they have enough explorers here, they ravage. Oh, their explorers deal bonus damage. Oh, hey, look, I can ignore explorers. Mm. Well, stands to reason that those two would go together pretty well. And they do. They do. Lure versus Russia is insane. You mentioned Stone versus Habsburg with the whole, like, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) When it comes from the card. Right. Oh, man, you have double towns. That'd be a shame if I just sent it back. (laughs) You know, all the damage that's coming in. Right back at them. For realsies. Themselves. But just because it's easy to see on paper, to me, kind of like what you were saying, that doesn't necessarily mean I think it's the best because there's a lot. There's a lot that are really good in practice mm. that you just have to see happen, and you're like, wow, whoa, whoa. I just had a game with so and so. I didn't see this on paper, but in practice, it was ridiculous. Happens to that me and Laura. Very good point. It happens to us all the time. We're oh, like, yeah. for me. It's Wildfire Habsburg. Oh! Yes! I know that Stone is like the famous one in Habsburg's case. I also think Stone is a phenomenal counter to Habsburg. But Wildfire does it faster. Mm. I think that it's still Literally phenomenal. Literally from experience, I've seen it happen. I mean, I did it like turn four. Yeah, They were, were dead. Yeah. Lure against Russia, phenomenal. Wildfire killed him like in seconds. In seconds. They went there, so did I. Blight went down, they died. Their bonus health just went boop. Bye. I damaged two people, two towns for two. Then the Blight showed up, they're gone. Uh-oh, they went back to where I was. Firestorm, that sucker. Oh, it's still Blighted, dead. Yeah. I mean, it was so fast in this entire adversary series that we've done the fastest one that got countered was Habsburg because wildfire just no mercy relentless dominance just in a second yeah they just right from the gate no chance it wasn't even a contest and i was like whoa it was the game where wildfire clicked and i wasn't even playing wildfire i was like oh i mean remember when you sent those towns over to my board any it was turn three (laughs) i know i was like yeah i'm already done please (laughs) help i'm like send help so i'm not saying that the other ones aren't good i'm just saying like for me wow that one just jeez I was shocked to hear you say Wildfire Brandenburg. Again, seeing that being played out. And then you got me hyped. So then I started playing Wildfire against Brandenburg Russia. I'm like, dude, this spirit is strong. So good. So good. Such good And you're just damage. laughing as yeah. they crackle up in the flames. Just Please. Bye. Please explore the two lands, two different types of lands. Go I need more it. to kill. Come at me. I need more. I need more. Just give me more peeps. You will run out of people to slaughter. No, honestly, you will. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, what do I do? Seriously. Laura? 
Thunder you... speaker against anyone. Ah, oh, jeez. The thing is, no. Is... If I want to win, that's who I'm gonna play. No, no literally, that's what she does. It sounds like it. Honestly, sounds like a cop out answer, but it's actually salient. I literally. mean, we saw it in the data. Thunder speaker is no. Seriously, on my birthday, I was like, we're playing Scotland. Who's everyone playing? And Laura's like, are they tough? I'm like, oh yeah, they're pretty tough. She's like, oh, can I have thunder speaker, please? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> no more questions. That's Complete the goat. I mean, ruler. 19 counterpoints just in our surveys. Yeah, very strong. So, one of the things I wanted to leave you with, with this adversary wrap-up thing, is a cool idea that we had, which was, sure, we've been talking about spirit matchups, who you are, who you aren't, that kind of thing, and the kind of salience that that may bring to a game. But, at the end of the day, no matter who you play as, there's always going to be the major minor power deck. So, what are the great cards that are good against each of these adversaries? And one thing we were noticing when we were doing research for this recap episode, we started listening back to old episodes and seeing old comments. These cards kept coming up. Seriously? Either from us or from you, the listener, you, the commenter, were mentioning these cards like, oh, these are standout major minor cards Mm -hmm. against a specific adversary. Seriously. In Russia's case, sleep and never waken is mm-hmm. really good because first off, invaders skip all actions to target. So you can just do action skipping. Nice. And hey, against them doing extra ravages and stuff is great. But why it's so great is because you can remove up to six explorers from your lands mm. and remove gets around killing. Ding, ding, ding. And you can get fear for every two explorers that that power removes. So it's anti-explorer. You can just skip actions, Which is- remove move and get fear for it. It gets around everything Russia does. Yeah, it's great. One that I really liked, and I saw that other people did too, was Savage Transformation. Oh, it's so good. One, because people think it's a bad card. And I get it. It costs two. It's slow. It exchanged one explorer for a beast. Not the best thing. But against Russia? That is huge. That is huge. It gets around their stubborn survival. Because it replaces. And it's getting more beasts out there. Which is their loss condition. Remember how we were talking about how Sweden's escalation was so egregiously obnoxious because it converted one of your units to theirs? Uh, Yeah, yeah. The exact same thing here. Except flips. They lose one of their good explorers. And it turns into a beast. And if you have the threshold, you can do it in other lands. Again. 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 Yeah, it's a great card. And it gets around them with their stupid sense of impending danger. Ooh, Laura, talk about the next one that came up a lot. Voice of Command. Pretty awesome, especially for Thunder Speaker. (gasps) So range one from a sacred site, but when you're traveling around, you are nothing but sacred sites. True. Target land, Dahan, because duh. And then one damage per Dahan or Explorer to towns and cities only. So now you're using Russia's Explorers, who do extra damage, to now fight themselves. When has that ever been so awesome? Oh, when their Explorers do bonus damage. Now you get to throw it right back to them. And I love what Laura said. If you're doing this with Thunderspeaker, how thematic. It's so great. How freaking cool is that? Seriously. so amazing. The general using these Russian Explorers to fight against themselves. Mm-hmm. I friggin' love it. Mm-hmm. Then you defend two. Okay. During Ravage actions, explorers fight alongside Dahan. Yes. They deal and take damage at the same time and to and from the same sources. They're just destroying themselves. So you can you even just have literally them, they turn can them against lay each down other. and die in yeah. front of your Dahan. How incredible. Rescuing them. Literally yep. a game-winning card. And Seriously. anyone that survive, smack the towns and the cities. Such Pretty a good card. incredible. Great card. Melt Earth into Quicksand is also really good because that's one that after invaders are moved into a land, destroy them. So one will still survive. But... <gasps> 
But you isolate target land. And that is one of the ways you can actually get around the sense of impending disaster. If they are isolated, they can't move. Mm -hmm. If they can't move, then that can't go off. You can actually kill them with this card. What is the wording of, like, if possible or something? That's right. Yeah. If you get around, it's not possible. It's not possible for them to move. So with isolation, you can actually kill those Russians. So if you're playing... Those are good cards. Yeah, if you're playing Russia, pick up those cards. In Habsburg's case... Volcanic Eruption is a great one. Dude, so much damage. Adding Blight. Yes, thank you. With the Blight that you add, all of their bonus health just goes out the wazoo. And you have a ton of damage. And and all this fear. Yeah, that's a great card. It's great. And it does splash damage. Yeah. Which is great because in the inland, they're going to have so many buildings. So it's great. Get the threshold, do 10 damage in all adjacent lands. Right. Bye. Then Wounded Wild turns on its assailants. Also, really good against Habsburg because it is a card that can really do damage if the land is blighted. Mm -hmm. And since Habsburg will be blighted naturally and they already suffer from blight, you may as well capitalize on it. It's a card that adds badlands in blighted lands, and then you do damage based on how many wilds or beasts or... Oh, that sounds perfect. Blight yeah. that's there. Oh, blight? Then you get bonus fear for any bad guys that are destroyed with this power. Yeah. So, since they're blighting the land anyway, you may as well take advantage of it. There are other cards that take advantage of Blight too. So, yeah. Like Land was, Thrashes and Furious oh, Pain. That's a classic it's a OG good one. card. Yeah. There's a lot of cards that utilize Blight, like Ryan's saying, but these ones were seem to be a standout amongst the community. Seriously. In the same way, Focus the Land's Anguish, Ooh. Sea Monsters, your Blight cards. Yeah. The cards that do damage with Blight are going to be great against Hasbro. Crippling against them. Oh, for Brandenburg, I love unrelenting growth. Yep. Oh, yep. Anything that fast? makes you go fast. How about I grow twice? Yep. In, in, yep. in the growth slow through phase. sacrifice in the exact growth same way. Growth through sacrifice, exactly. Yep. Winds of rust and atrophy. That one has the same idea. The other two cards made you speed up. Winds of rust and atrophy makes them slow down. Yeah, it breaks them down because defense. it breaks them down. And you can repeat that. And card. you can repeat it. It's it, great because Brandenburg's usually two different types of lands are just moving mm-hmm. really fast. Yeah, you, you need to start like slowing them down, and that's what wins can do fire and flood is good heck even volcanic eruption is good yeah because those can do splash damage multiple Multiple. tsunami is good yeah because you want to cover a lot of the bad great call guys that moved into all of these various lands in sweden's case once again you have a lot of the blight cards focus the land's anguish land thrashes and furious pain we mentioned these ones already just blight cards find a blight card yep land of hots and embers oh yeah these ones get a bonus fear from that yeah right in France's case, Terrifying Nightmares it gives you a ton of fear. Yes, but it lets you shove up to four towns or explorers. In the fast. In the fast Before phase. those explorers turn into yes. towns. Yep. Yes. Strangling Firevine. Yes, I love Strangling Firevine. First of all, from range one of a sand, so just being a sand, destroy all explorers. Destroy all explorers. <laughs> I mean, co- do heck? we need to say why that's really good? Do we really need to good? say why that's good? Tell oh, me why. Also, what does it do after you destroy all explorers, Laura? It adds a wild token. Oh, it stops an explorer. That's cool. <laughs> but also, you add a wild token in the originating sand. Two hey. wild tokens? Hey. And then you get one damage per wild token oh. in or 
adjacent to the target land. Well, yeah. Now I'm just being I mean, spoiled. Okay? I know. Yeah. They <laughs> use their explorers. You destroy <laughs> all of their explorers. They hate wilds tokens. You spit wilds tokens. Two of them. And then you do damage with I'm your wilds tokens. It's incredible. It's great. It's insane. Pyroclastic flow is amazing because you get to destroy all explorers. Sure, if you have other things with it, you get to do a lot of damage too. But just destroying explorers, that's the theme. France hates losing their hates explorers them. because they have so many. And they need to turn to town. Right. With Scotland, sea monsters. Find a coastal attacking card. Seriously, tsunami. <laughs> tsunami. Shore seas with hatred. Yes. Is a great one. Sweep into the sea. Sweep into the sea. Any type of coastal focusing card. Heck, even thickets erupt with every touch thickets. of breeze. Love Get thickets. three wilds tokens on the coast. You're clear. That's You're awesome. You're clear for three turns. Yes. At least. And that helps with their stupid build too yes. that they have. That extra so one. good. In England's case, Pent Up Calamity it is might, a great one. That card, in my opinion, is in my top five majors. Yeah. No, seriously, it is a card that is capable of such consistent and ridiculously high damage, but it uses an ammo to do so with tokens. But, but it reloads itself ding, ding, by ding. giving you more tokens. It's great. Spits out disease, spits out strife, and then you can use those for damage, can bring them back. It's a fast power. It can be ranged two right. way. It's a Incredible. It's cheap. Jungle Hungers. Bam. There go all the towns. Another cheap, amazing card. Right. And you can even get a city with it too, but bam, Why all not? the towns. Destroy. Great. Punch holes in them. Get those ratios under control. Paralyzing Fright. Won us the game. Skip all actions. Get eight fear. Oh. <laughs> so much fear. So it's much. incredibly clutch. Twisted yes, Flowers. Yes, another one of my favorite Even did cards. really good. Removes seven fear. Removes. Does damage. But it, most of all, like Ryan said, removes. It removes. In the same way, Vanish Softly Away removes. is good here. Yes. Heck, even Desiccating Winds is good. Yeah. It's a minor. Just costs one. But the more often you use it, the, the more damage it, it does. Because so two, lands. then three, then four, then five, then six, then seven, then eight, then nine, then ten. Literally. And against an adversary that has bonus health and has a lot of towns and buildings and cities and stuff. Yeah. It's like one of the best things to have for just one energy. Yeah, these are just Go a few cards. It. But for England, like Ryan said, find a Badlands card. Yeah. In the minor deck. Gosh, they're yeah. everywhere. Just start adding up damage. So there you go. There are some fun suggestions, fun cards to keep an eye out for. Yeah, keep them in your head when you're playing these adversaries. Yeah, and those are cards that you can use no matter who you are. Really, anyone. Sure. Well. And so, wow. there it is. There is the wrap-up episode. Woof. How about that? Season one. There it is. You know, when we started the adversary series, we had no idea it was going to take as no. long as it did. But the thing is, is it was January 6th wow. of this year Jeez. <laughs> that <August>. we started <laughs> my that. stars wow. and it's ending in august 14th now of course sure there were a lot of surprises along the way that we didn't see coming that we didn't know about right like the errata change with the blight hey that happened this year yeah spreading rocks right spreading rock that was cool the world that, that was, was awesome fun. right but still it was hilarious we thought that this was no joke going to be a seven episode like thing a month and a half maybe yeah seven <laughs> weeks we thought that we were just going to do the lore maybe some of our own comments so and... spirit analysis is going to take it what a decade <laughs> <laughs> and we thought that we weren't going to get a whole lot of feedback or whatever you know like okay, a couple yeah, comments yeah a couple comments here or there it'll be quick and easy yeah. oh boy we were wrong I remember John and you're like, do you want to like read all these? Because that's gonna like take forever. Like, I yes, we are. I legit ask. Let's like, do it. Of course, we're like, doing them. People took the time to comment. We're reading these, baby. I'm like, we have 30 comments on one website. We're doing <laughs> it. We're doing it. 
did. And we did it. Because that just makes it so much more rich. I love the diversity of opinion because that makes it, in my opinion, much more lucrative because if we were only to give our opinions, that means you, the listener, has but one opinion or two opinions. That's a lot of lore saying boom, boom. I'm saying don't know, don't care. Nice. So that's how. But if we opened it up, you know, to the world, then everybody can get in on it. And that was one of the things that really opened our eyes with the development of this show and this podcast because we have done other series before. This was like our fourth. Yeah. We had done... Hype List. The Hype List series. We did the first impressions. We did? Yeah. Aspects. We did the aspects. And so this was just going to be the fourth. And so, you know, when we were doing those other ones... They were pretty brief. If you think about it, community integration came alive as a main crutch to this podcast during the adversary series. That is when Mm -hmm. it became a, hey, wait a minute. I'm talking with John and sometimes Laura and having an absolute blast and I'm loving it. And I love what we have here. But it doesn't have to be just us. Like, let's get bigger. And I don't mean bigger as in like success or something, but like... Let's bring everyone in. Let's do it. We're already having this conversation on the Reddits, on the Board Game Geeks. Like, I can only see nothing but benefit from this because now everyone gets to get involved and you get to see... Everyone gets strategies and tips and tricks. And what if you're a listener and because you heard of all these various opinions, you were able to agree with maybe person number 7, 12, and me, my opinions. Yeah. Or maybe you're someone else and your experience with how you play maybe resonated with John's and person fives and 56. I'm still trying to find someone that agrees that foreboding is the best control spear, but we're working on it. I'm still looking for someone But you get what I'm saying. Right. Because we have so much feedback with it, you may agree with Ray's TDAs and Laura's approach. But someone else might go for... Tips. Azure's tips and John's approach. And so, as a result, we can all come together with this. And I think one of the reasons why to me that was just so cool and so enriching and so fulfilling to see the community integration become more and more with this podcast is because in this past year and a half, the world has undergone this whole corona debacle. Yeah. And it's easy to say, even though we're not done with it, that as a whole, corona has been a negative impact on planet Earth. Yet there have been some awesome and really important things that came from from it because I think that because of this ordeal that we've all lived through and are still living through, it really showed the values of things that really are important. And it also showed to me that the things that I love aren't necessarily always going to last. Like, what if you had like a mom and pop restaurant or a shop that you really loved and it closed its doors and never came up again or something? Our favorite restaurant went under. Or something like that. Sure. Like the things that we love aren't necessarily permanent. And that is something that is a hard pill to swallow. And that's something that we've, in the back of our minds, I think we all know that, but that was something that really was made very clear and apparent just this past year. Jobs. People, you know, things... It's tough. And so how cool is it that we have the opportunity, we had the opportunity here to, as a result of this, connect with people literally on the other side of the globe. When no one was connecting with each other. On the other side of the literal planet. We can talk about something and it's something that we're passionate about that we love. Like, 
we're just two idiots that love this game. And we just talk about it. We're not even like the best at it. No, we're not. <laughs> but we just love talking about it. That's it. At its base, that's what this podcast was. It was just a phone call between John and I talking about how much fun we had. That lasted three hours long. And, and the thing like, is, is that is not this. something that's exclusive to us. Not anymore. So why should it be? Mm. If you are a fan of this game and you just love to talk about it, you love to play it, and you love to just experience it at any difficulty level, with any spirit, at any player count, yeah, and you just simply love it. Any adversary, any scenario, however you want to play. In that way, you're just like us, and we're like you, and that is why we are all kindred spirits. Mm. And that is how it has been one of the coolest things I have ever seen. And one of the best gifts I've ever received was seeing this. And what a joy it is to be that to each other. Yeah. In a time when we actually needed each other the most, that this was a thing that came. Like, I was not expecting this. That we can band together around. What a cool thing to have. This has value. Like, sure, the game is fun. But talking and experiencing other people who I never... Becoming friends with. Right. Would have seen or heard. I never would have had the opportunity to meet so many of those people. And now I almost have like a first name basis friendship with so many people. Yeah. Names like Ozzy, Grant, Arcady, or Don Mage, or T-Ips, TDA, Cypressy, Pandemonium Heart, T-Ips, Azure, Many Windmills, Mr. Wolf, USS Gordon Captain 2, <laughs> Atticus, G-Pope, uh, Chew Mr. Foo, Speedy, Ray, Speedy, Ray, Dead Service, Decideth, Treon Wheels, Hazosia, and Angry Beaver, like so many people, like the list goes on and on. Yeah, like, so many people. And that's just like the coolest thing. I, oh, I cannot tell you how whelmed with gratitude I am for each of you, for all of you, for all of these people. And there's so many. The list goes on. And oh, those that's just are just the, the people the, that I can just like remember off the top of my head. Tip of the iceberg. There's right. hundreds of people that have contributed to this. Trey on wheels, I would like an explanation for your name. That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I like I'm not that smart. That was always one of my yes. favorite. <laughs> I don't know. That one speaks for itself. All right. I don't like pants. Right. Pants are like overrated. Pants are overrated. <laughs> yeah, that was a yes. good one. And a good comment, too. And just the relationships, the inside jokes. TMs, don't worry. They're a great spirit. Rayleigh Mo. Uh, I mean, But like, none of this would happen if this game wasn't a thing. And like we said, it was supposed to be a seven episode thing. Yeah. And we were like, okay, well, because of the community integration, it has to be at least two. And then it became 14. That's that literally doubled in size. Then in tandem with the other thing that showed up, went from January 6th to August and they were 14th. Like, at first, they were 50-minute episodes, and then we got to an hour and a half because so many people were commenting. Like 90 minutes, good two hours. comments. They were yes. so good. Well-written. Better than I could have ever stated about the strategies for this game. Seriously. And I realized, like, okay, at first was an idea. Now it's like a critical crutch mm. to how we exist. <laughs> and that's what I want. That is what I want going forward. I don't want to go back. No. To what it was before with just us. And it seems like yeah. people want community integration as well. People are clamoring for it and asking for it. They want to stay involved with this. 
And so this is just one of those moments where I want to look back and with happiness and joy, I want to reflect on the good thing that we found. And it's not exclusive to us. And I don't want it to be exclusive to us. I'm not going to take ownership over it because it's not something that's mine. It's ours. Yeah. It's all of ours. And I'm not even talking about the podcast. I'm just talking about the love for the game. Mm. If you were a fan of the game and you told your neighbor and now your neighbor loves it, that is what I mean by us. It's ours. This experience is awesome. That's how me and Laura played. We asked you, what is your favorite game? And you told right. us Spirit Island. Now we're sitting in a room talking about it on a podcast. Right. The things that can come from something as important as this, it really has shown me how valuable having a love and a passion for something really is. Hmm. And this is just a board game, but it's something that I love. And it's something that you all love. Yeah. And it's something that's just awesome. It's just been the coolest thing ever. So this adversary series has shaped the podcast I mean, the podcast debuted on September 15th. From September to December is three months. That is how much the Kindred Spear podcast existed before the Adversary Only series. Only three months. We've been up for 10 months. Seven of those months has been the Adversary series. The Kindred Spirit podcast has existed with doing the Adversary series longer than without it. Than without it. Yeah. What in the world? And, and we look found our at how much change has happened. The yeah. Adversary series and specifically your community integration and assistance feedback and input to this podcast has changed it. This series and your input to it has changed the show. It rocked it to its core for the better. Yeah. And I can't wait to see how else it can continue to develop it. In season two, when we handle Forbidden Desert. We're switching games, guys! I got it at Target. It was $15. It was a good pickup, all right? It's in a metal tin. It was was cute! It was fun! It's another cooperative game. We can find strats. Who wants to be the miner? I promise I won't quarterback no. that one. Just kidding. We'll stick with Spirit Island. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so there's not much really left to say that we already haven't said to some capacity elsewhere. But from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Yeah. Seriously, Mm -hmm. thank you. We want to take the time to improve the show. And the thing is, is to continue the show on a week-to-week basis would make it difficult to find the time to implement and find all the changes to improve it. So in the same way that a caterpillar goes, yo, pieces out, cocoons, and comes out as something awesome, that's exactly what we're going to do here. Oh, we're coming back hitting hard in season two. I can't wait. Dude, the things we have planned. I know. It's going to be amazing. You know how some people in in advertisements will say, oh, we have this and this and this and this and more yeah and they usually tack on the words and more but they don't actually have something planned but they just say that to get you hyped no we, we literally have more. <laughs> left out things so that we could without deception or without straight up lying say the words and more and mean it oh i'm so excited so it's gonna be great i just can't wait to get to it we're gonna just get right to work we're gonna see oh, we're you working hard behind the scenes on the other end yeah and don't worry we're still gonna be here we're still gonna be around we ain't going anywhere shoot us a message you yeah know, find our socials we're still here we're on reddit we're on bgg mm. Hit us up. You know where to find us. You know where to find us. Yep. The KSP. One, two, three. (laughs) And well, without further ado, 
We're going to get to it. Wow. Hey, I think we accomplished something really cool with season one. Oh, yeah. And so... More than we could have ever, And yet, ever I still imagined. think there was a lot of growth that happened. And I still think there's a lot of growth that's left ahead of us. Yeah. So... Maybe I'll like mine's more in season two. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Cliffhanger. The impossible can't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, I have been Ryan. I've been, not Laura. I've been also Laura. Hey, I'm John. <laughs> Thank you once again. Thank you, everyone. And we will catch you all on the flippity flip. Peace out. Bye. 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 Goodbye. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Kindred. <laughs> you didn't seriously think we'd go without me saying goodbye, did you? Hello, everyone. Editing Ryan here. I won't take up too much of your time, but I do have some fun statistics for you that aren't really that important, but hey, numbers are always fun. Now that you have just finished the last episode of Season 1, we can now look at how long it's gone from start to finish. We officially started work on Season 1 on June 18th of 2020. We worked on it for 89 days until we aired our very first episode on September 15th, which was a little under 13 weeks later. The finale you just listened to aired on August 14th, 2021, which means that from the start of production to the end of this episode, 60 weeks and 2 days have transpired, or 422 days to be specific. Season 1 came out to 47 episodes, with 3,602 minutes of content. That comes out to a little over 60 hours, which equates to about 2.5 days. As of this moment, I have no idea how long exactly Season 2 will take to produce, or how long it will be, but during the off-season, we may drop a public service announcement here on the channel to check in on you every now and then. So don't be too surprised if you see that happen. The only thing I can guarantee is that we are incredibly excited to get to work on it so we can come back stronger than ever. As we've stated already in the past, we are floored by the reception of Season 1, and we are beyond thrilled that you have enjoyed it as much as you have. Thank you for encouraging and supporting us throughout the whole thing. We couldn't have done it without you, and now we don't intend to ever do it without you going forward. Sure, we may have to find ways on precisely how to make that happen for the upcoming series, but that sounds like a fun challenge for tomorrow. For today, though, let us all continue to make this community as open and welcoming as we can. And not just welcoming to newcomers who may have just recently discovered the game, but also welcoming to new ideas and different perspectives so that we can continue to discover new ways to have fun, fulfillment, and enjoyment with this awesome game. I don't want to make this like Return of the King where it's like six different endings, so I'll close it out here. Whether you're one of our very first listeners like Al, or one of our newest like Susa, I can speak for all of us here at the KSP when I say thank you for listening. Speaking of Return of the King, I'll use Bilbo's final words as my own. I think I'm quite ready for another adventure. <laughs>